0: You know something, Charlie? Mm-hmm. You can't go to your grave saying you weren't ever loved. Because no matter what happens to you for the rest of your life... Right now, by God, somebody loves you. Totally. Hello
1: and welcome to the Lone Acting Nominees Podcast, a show where I'm joined each week by a guest to discuss a movie that only received one Oscar nomination, that being for one of its performances. We'll talk about the performance in question, the movie as a whole, and its place in the Oscar race, among other things. I'm Gordon McNulty, and this week I'm joined for the second week of this Jessica Lange miniseries by Will Steele to discuss Jessica Lange's Oscar-nominated performance in the 1985 film Sweet Dreams. Will, thank you again for joining me on this miniseries.
2: Thank you for having me again. I mean, I'm delighted to be here talking about um, Jessica Lang again, who I think I am slowly falling in love with a little bit. I yeah. think you know this mini series, Hopefully, for everyone else, is a um, yeah, yeah, an appreciation of Miss Lang, who maybe has gone a bit taken for granted. I think, at least by myself. So, yeah, has her, her third nomination? I suppose we're talking about right or fourth? Fourth? fourth. Yeah, Gosh, yes, because she had the two we couldn't. Well, we did cover then country. And now Sweet Dreams. So four in four years.
1: Yeah. And like uh, the it's only going to keep going. We, we, yeah. We're we only halfway through. And this one, I will say, uh, movie, not all that much to, to speak of. It's fairly generic of a music biopic, even if it doesn't hit the same beats that you're going into a music biopic expecting. Like, it didn't really shock me all that much in terms of mm-hmm. content. But I did really like this performance. I I was much more drawn to Lang specifically in this one than I was to her in country which felt kind of like just like oh we talked about it last week it wasn't the most gripping performance i really liked this performance so i thought she was very good here
2: she was very she's very good and and this is a film that's maybe a bit more accessible and a bit more widely seen than country it's available on youtube in the uk i don't know if you watched it the same way
1: yes yeah i just found that it's it's the whole thing is there on youtube it's
2: not the best like visual quality but it's not it's not been like upscaled since vhs or whatever so it's you know it's not in the best quality but you know the sounds all right and the performance shines through yeah there's definitely a lot more to um get your teeth into than country which is I think if anyone listened to our last episode or has seen country is quite a sparse film, whereas this at least has a huge iconic musician to play off of, which is Patsy Cline. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of of stuff for us to talk about here. So we're talking about sweet dreams from 1985, directed by Carol Rice, written by Robert Getchell, starring Jessica Lange, Ed Harris, and Wedgworth, David Clennon, James Staley, Gary Basaraba, John Goodman for a little bit there and PJ souls. Uh, and it opened October 11th, 1985. I don't think this made money according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks like budget of 13 and a half box office of 9.1. Uh, Mm. which I don't know. Maybe I feel like this is going to come up a lot in this episode and sort of the shadow of it looms large over this movie. But, uh, the, the like five years removed from coal miners daughter, I think helps and hurts this movie it's a sort of two sides of the same coin in terms of like you know this type of movie this like country music biopic is popular in this era in in this particular time but also coal miner's daughter is a lot better and a lot more interesting of a movie and also kind of did the whole path decline thing then as well so were people really all that interested in seeing it again but like more focused on her here box mm. office re- receipts say maybe not but uh
2: yeah when i don't was, know have you seen um uh the coal miner's daughter recently not recently i remember like
1: beverly d'angelo isn't in it a ton but like she does leave an impact on that she movie. does she like, does the the drop of her death in that where i don't remember the context of it but i know like Sissy Spacek is sitting around and someone just like comes in and tells her, hey, Patsy Klein just died. And like that section, that scene has left more of an impact on me, having seen it all these years like ago, than I imagine sweet dreams probably will when as much time has passed. Like it's a much more impactful scene and a much more just like emotionally well done version of, of, this woman I feel like I don't know I don't know if that was a sentence that made any sense but uh,
2: I think so yeah. I think there's Um, I haven't seen the coal miner's daughter for a long time maybe there's no the maybe it's just coal miner's daughter I think it's just coal miner's daughter okay yeah. it goes straight on the sea on the shelf although that's a we won't get into that um, yeah. but yes I, d- I don't remember a lot from that film of course Sissy Spacek wins her Oscar for that it got quite a few other nominations I believe
1: yeah I wrote it <laughs> I or I didn't write it down I like Pulled up the Wikipedia page. It uh picture, actress, picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, adapted Director. screenplay, art direction, cinematography, editing, and sound. That's so seven? that's yeah, seven nominations. Wow. In the picture.
2: year of ordinary people, raging bull, elephant man, Tess. Uh, yes, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that that is a film that I think um, yes, of course, sort of not ate the lunch of sweet dreams, more laid the 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 groundwork, wet the appetites for potentially a a Patty Cline biopic, but um yeah, as you mentioned, you know, his daughter did quite well compared to Sweet Dreams, which is an HBO film. Did you notice that? Yeah, I was a bit confused by that because I was like, wait, before they did television, or I don't as they were know. starting.
1: I like the thing I know about that, like trivia wise, is that the first TV series that was produced by HBO was Fraggle Rock. But I don't know when that oh. like in the timeline, that's just like a weird thing I've retained of like, isn't it strange? That's the first HBO original programming. But no yeah, I guess that probably would have been around the same time. So,
2: yeah, 80s, 70s, uh, Jim Henson, Fraggle Rocks, Muppets. Uh, yes. Okay, again, another tangent. Very different to Patsy Cline. But um, I suppose the thing with Loretta Lynn and so Loretta Lynn is the subject of coal miners daughter yeah Patty klein is a character in it played by beverly d'angelo who was it's worth mentioning maybe sixth or seventh place to best supporting actress that year i would so imagine speculated. so yeah. yeah i think um deborah winger deborah winger for um urban cowboy was on the bubble because i think she got a golden globe nomination and then maybe anne bancroft the elephant man although she's not really in the conversation much that year is she yeah Even though she's terrific in that film she but... really is yeah um, yeah, so there was already some prestige going into it, and then Patsy Cline being such a big figure. I mean, I love Patsy Cline personally, but um, when I uh, mentioned her to some friends today um, of our age, um, no one had heard of her. So, is she a bigger pop culture figure in America? Can you speak to that?
1: I, I mean, I would imagine it's probably about the same. Specifically, of like people of our generation, like she's not necessarily That's someone that. Everyone has heard. She's not like a mainstay in the, you know, as the years have gone on. She's not Mm -hmm. necessarily like an Elvis Presley or like a, even like a Willie Nelson, I feel like is to keep it in the country music or Johnny Cash. Like those are names that you can mention to most, not most, but like a lot of people our Asian, they'll recognize the name if they, even if they don't know the music, they'll know who that is. But like Patsy Klein like her songs do get play and like if you played them for people, I would imagine some like more of them would be like, Oh yeah, I've heard that song. I've heard like walking after midnight or crazy or whatever, but yeah, she's not necessarily a household name, uh, here either. Although I would imagine probably more so than over over across the pond over there. Mm. Uh, just, you know, as you know, country music and she's an American sort of icon of her time, but, uh, yeah, no, I love me some Patsy. Love me some yeah, Patsy Clan she, music.
2: Yeah, and all the music in this is her own music, is her own singing. So it's more close to your Bohemian Rhapsody style biopic than your Rocket Band, you know. Whereas Beverly D'Angelo, I went back and watched a clip, does the singing, which I do prefer. Yeah. Um, however, we sh- shall we get into the performance or shall we do we need to cover anything at,
0: at before?
2: Uh-
1: well, because you just mentioned that, I do have a little quiz for you. It's very oh, quick. Wow. Um, uh, just because, you know, we're talking about it naturally and it's come mm. up and, and why not? So I I went through the like, not all of the music biopics that have been Oscar nominated for acting, but a, a, a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to give you the, the movie and the actor. You tell me whether or not they actually did the singing or whether they oh. were dubbed over with the... Uh, Uh, either the original song or a different person singing covers of the original artist or what have you
2: oh i feel like i could be really good at this but that's me getting cocky you know so hit me hit me and hopefully i feel like this has been a very well not contentious but i suppose relevant contemporary debate especially with the resurgence we've had over the last five years or maybe 15 or maybe longer so yes please go go into it we shall navigate this together
1: okay uh, this should go pretty quick, because it's just 14 yes or no questions, essentially. Okay. Uh, so starting off, Jessica Lange in Sweet Dreams. She is lip syncing. Correct. Uh, next up, Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon in Walk the Line. Oh,
2: I think they're doing their own singing in that. That is correct. They wow, really okay. Did their own, they did their own singing. Uh, Sissy Spacek, Coleman's daughter. Oh, uh, mm, 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 mm. see, I have quite a foggy memory of that film. So I'm going to say she is singing herself. That is also correct. She Ooh. she at,
1: she was, uh, I think what I read, hesitant at first to take the role because she didn't want to. But like Loretta Lynn specifically encouraged her to do her own singing. And that was like okay. part of why she ended up taking the role is because she had to go ahead from the subject of the, the movie itself. Uh, next up, you already mentioned it, but Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody.
2: Oh my least favorite film of all time potentially. Um and he he lip syncs he even for does. happy birthday. It's someone else sometimes <laughs> but it's it's often Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Lip syncing in his Oscar clip too is the... What
2: was his what was his Oscar clip?
1: It was him at the piano singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, oh and then it like sort of ends and he sort of sits with it and goes that's really good. And that's, that's the really clip. good. Yeah. It's, oh. I've rewatched that movie for our uh, At Eternity's Gate episode, and oh yeah, it's really bad. It's it's really bad. Okay, next oh, up, gosh. Uh, Meryl Streep, Florence Foster Jenkins.
2: She does her own singing.
1: She does. Right. I haven't yeah. seen that one, but uh, Google said seen yeah, it. she does. I yeah no. Oh, it. it's
2: haven't. it's. I remember it being a whimsical, fun time. Glad to hear
1: it. I, I know that's yeah. not the uh, the most beloved uh, of, especially of recent Merrill, but I'll get around to it eventually. Okay. Uh, I, I don't actually remember if they even have Fishburne singing in this, but uh, Angela Bassett. What's love got to do with it? I don't
2: think he sings, but I think she is lip syncing. That is correct. She's Ooh. she's dubbed over in that one have uh, i got any have i got them all right so far so
1: far yes uh we'll see you may end up with a okay. perfect score at the end of this uh we'll, we'll see uh
2: austin butler elvis well well that's actually a mixture isn't it
1: i don't actually remember google gave one what, what answer what uh the uh, google said that he did his own singing but it's possible that i uh didn't read the article too much and maybe it maybe it is both I
0: I, I
2: believe I believe it's like a very clever blend of his uh, he's singing he sang every song but then the, they mixed a bit of Elvis into the mix which may be true for other ones but I remember when it came round to predicting what was going to win best sound is it just one category now best sound yes. and then Top Gun Maverick one I had a very compelling case for Elvis that was actually that they would blended the two <laughs> And I was like, I am I would vote for Elvis too, probably. And I'm very surprised it didn't win any Oscars.
1: Yeah, I somehow, I, I guess I missed that part of the, the narrative that whole last season. But uh, I'll take your word for it and count that as a correct, again, for you. Okay, Uh, Diana Ross, Lady Sings the Blues.
2: Oh, well, I mean, oh, if you've got Diana Ross, I'm going to, I have seen that film. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's Diana Ross doing her own singing. That is correct.
1: Uh, and, and sticking on the Billie Holiday, Andrew Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday. She is doing her own singing as well, right? She is. Okay, we got. Uh, what do we have? Five more. Okay, Gary Busey, the Buddy Holly story.
2: Right, I remember seeing that as a very young child, and then falling in love with the music of Buddy Holly, and he's lip-syncing. That is incorrect. No! that's gary busey
1: doing, doing his own singing
2: oh gosh who could think he could sing like that
1: wow i don't know i haven't seen that one either but uh that's, always... is
2: that not a lone nominee no it got at least Sound one
1: other or... right. yeah it feels like it it feels like it it is, should right? be
2: a lone nominee it's like a very tacky film and yeah weird nomination that but yeah gary busey is an oscar nominee you forget
1: yeah hmm. for playing buddy holly like it's I never uh, that one just doesn't ever stick with me. Strange. Mm. Okay, uh, Jamie Foxx in Ray. I think he's lip syncing in that. He is, which surprised me because I also haven't seen that one. And like Jamie Foxx is like a singer. Uh, yeah, it's sing. like yeah, he has like a whole separate music career. It's strange that he didn't do a singing on that one. Okay, uh, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. She's lip-syncing. Correct. This is like a partial in that she does sing one song, uh, but the rest of the movie she's dubbed. But also she's dubbed by someone else doing an impersonation of Ma Rainey. It's not actual, like, audio of Recordings. the original. Recordings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'll count that as a correct for you. Okay, Uh, two more. Renee Zellweger in Judy.
2: She, ooh, ooh. Gosh, right. That's hard. You've asked me to remember something about the film Judy. Yeah. I'm going to say she sings herself, doesn't she?
1: She does. Uh, And I remember that because she does not sound like Judy Garland. Nope. Won the Oscar. Yep. Uh, And your last one. And I must have written something down wrong because I only have... uh, I I must have missed one. But I think you've only missed one so far. Okay. Uh, Your last one here. Marion Cotillard, La Vie en Rose.
2: Oh, gosh. She
1: is lip-syncing? She is lip-syncing mm-hmm. Uh, in her, like, older years as Edith Piaf to actual recordings of Edith Piaf. And in her younger years, apparently, some other singer that wasn't as, I guess, not as good, as, like, to, to emulate that she was still coming
2: into her voice as a singer.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was that. Yeah, good job. Good job Thank on that you. quiz. Yeah. Uh, I think... Being as many people who are listening probably are as well, you know, a follower of the Oscars, musical biopics are bread and butter. You know, they yes. are very frequent and and as frustrating as they can be fun, I think. Um, yeah. And we've seen some performances, especially my absolute nemesis, Rami Malek or rather Bohemian Rhapsody, um, say win in a year we've discussed previously on the At Eternities Gate episode. And then a performance like Rocket Man, which is pretty much quite a similar performance, but where he sings, yeah. totally being snubbed, which I don't Crazy. know. May, maybe Neva should have been nominated. But yes, musical biopics are a part of history. Yes. I, I think they go even further back than the ones you mentioned. As well, oh like yeah, some in the fifties, right, and probably earlier. Yeah, there's like with a
1: song in my heart was on there. There was like That's a full list of. that I was pulling some of these from. Uh, the Al- Al-
2: jolson story yeah
1: al jolson story was one of them that i could have pulled uh there were others and now i can't remember what there was but like i found some list i think on gold derby of like not just in the acting categories but like the music biopic in like all of the categories like how they've performed over the years and i could have thrown in like amadeus and the pianist and shine but those aren't singers but they are still music they're like yeah, yeah musicians like it goes beyond just singers although they do love their singers and they love their fictional singers too and like like with crazy heart and tender mercies and uh, uh a star is born yeah a star is, a lot of a star is born yeah. i guess only two of those are about singers but even still uh and i i've done an episode on this and i can never remember which, i'm not there uh i always oh, want to call it i'm still here at the walking phoenix <laughs> thing but uh i'm not Uh, there which is like kind of a biopic but not really but it's still you know it's very much about bob dylan even if it's not really about bob dylan yeah Uh, are there any coming up this year it feels like there's always one like waiting in the sidelines because like last year other than elvis there was that whitney houston one that didn't do anything oh yeah yeah before i want
2: to dance with somebody yeah Such such a clunky title i feel like there must be there must have been something better. but
1: Yeah. Sorry.
2: I derided you the year before.
1: Uh, Respect with Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin, which... Which got a SAG nomination. Yeah. yeah. And then didn't go anywhere. But uh, yeah, like in the glut of biopics in general, taking over the Oscars in the past like decade or so, like they really lean on a lot of music biopics, especially. Uh, mm. I-, I can't remember if there is one to be well... on the lookout this year or not.
2: One we've mentioned, I think we've mentioned before, is that there is potentially going to be the, um, oh gosh, was it Todd Haynes and Michelle Williams? Oh, yeah. Um, The Peggy Lee? Peggy Lee, yeah. I I don't know if that's going ahead, is it? Yeah, I don't think that got made, but that would be her sixth nomination, you know. Yeah. You could predict that a year out. I don't know if there are any coming up that I'm aware of. I'm sure
1: that, like, there has to be, so many just like in the in the hopper just of like there's just like studios have lists of like well here's the musicians that there haven't been movies of so far who can we cross off the list and maybe get an Oscar for because it really is uh, a, a more hit than miss in terms of like the even okay ones like you have to be really bad as a music biopic to get completely left out of the season. Like mm-hmm. remember that David Bowie one from a few years ago that like, oh, they couldn't don't. get the rights yeah. to the, to any of his music for.
2: Yeah. I never even saw it cause it just yeah. got panned in it. It was with, um Oh, what's the actor's name? uh G- G- oh, Flynn, like, Johnny Flynn. Yeah. As David yeah. Bowie. Odd. And had Jenna Malone. And I think it had, who does. Um, I think Mark Marin was in Mark it. Mark Maron. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Weird 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 yeah nobody remembers that movie and that was like what two
2: years ago i Very feel like strange. it was probably longer i or was it 2020
1: i do i genuinely could not tell you
2: it was maybe lost in the pandemic and one of those like we'll just pretend that never happened
1: yeah seems uh for the best uh mm. anyway of uh back from that little side tangent uh let's actually talk about jessica lang here like what, 30 minutes in? Let's actually talk oh, about time.
2: Lange. Time just flies. But yes, no, we're all, I mean we to the subject in the mini-series. Yes. Mrs. Lang. Miss Lang, Mrs. Lang. Oh, she's well, Sam Shepherd with Sam yeah. Shepard at this point. Not married, but partnered. Yes. What did you think of her in this performance?
1: I really liked her. I thought she uh she really had like a presence throughout this whole movie. Whereas like it, again, not to just keep comparing it back against a country specifically, but like That movie kind of swallows away any uh, charisma and any sort of like emotionality to it. And I was just Mm -hmm. sort of bored with that one. And in this one, she's very charismatic. She really lights up every scene she's in. She's, she's big. She's doing an accent, which I don't think I've seen. I've like heard from her all that often in the movies I've, I've seen of hers. I don't really know if I've seen her doing that much accent work and like she's doing Southern in this and it feels really natural it feels mm-hmm. like it's a voice that she probably worked on a lot because it like there's other people in this movie that maybe don't get the accent quite as as well and as strong as she does but she really feels at home in this character in this yeah. persona it it's it's very she's very captivating i think just first and foremost it's a very captivating performance of this icon
2: she certainly is and um yeah she she gets the accent well She's she has sass she has personality and i think something that uh, definitely, you're right to touch on country being such a sort of vacuum of personality and flavor and shades of nuance and intrigue. Because something that we touched on before was Tootsie and Francis. Obviously, Francis being this incredible dramatic portrait of a real life person that had a very tragic life. But Tootsie is something that I watched in the meantime. She's so much fun in that. She's loads of fun. She's very charming. And then she has the charm back here. She does the accent well. And I think something that she she doesn't necessarily look like um, Patsy Klein. Yeah. She, you know, enough so. You know, biopics don't always cast someone who's, you know, a, a dead ringer. But she, right, I had, I'm going to read this out because I wrote this down. And I think I'm right. Patsy Klein sounds how Jessica Lang looks or vice yeah. versa. Jessica Lange looks how Patsy Klein sounds. So when, you know, there's there's something about her, their voices which are similar enough.
1: Yes, yeah. The, there's like a few scenes in this, going back to the whole thing we were just on, where like she'll be talking and then it'll seamlessly transition into her lip syncing to a Patsy Klein song. And there's no real like noticeable difference in the quality of the voice. Like her her emulation of of Patsy Klein's voice carries over and sounds close enough to the real thing that like it doesn't seem strange hearing this voice coming out of Jessica Lang. like it fits. She she just carries herself and like presents herself in a way that matches the energy of Klein's like persona because a lot of this, there's like I've I've read some like from her family and from people that knew her that this isn't all that accurate of a movie in terms of, like, the, the, real, the real relationship with her uh, husband and, like, even just the circumstances of her death and a lot of these big events in her life. Like, a lot of that is fabricated or moved around or, like, heightened for the sake of drama. But, uh, so, so like, in doing that, you're kind of mythologizing Patsy Cline to people that didn't really know her, to audiences that knew her as this singer and this tragic death more than like any sort of introspection to her personal life and lang's presentation of the character matches the sort of persona of this tragic figure who like in her life wasn't necessarily like tragic if that may- like she she wasn't someone that was put upon and like suffering her whole life she was still a strong person and a person that like Like you listen to Patsy Cline singing, she has she like belts. She's she's is she's got a very loud and commanding voice. You you put that on and it's not going to fade into the background of of wherever you're playing it. And like Lang's performance of this character sort of matches that tonality of a Patsy Cline song in making it this sort of like mythological version of the woman rather than you know an accurate presentation of who she really was if, yes you know
2: absolutely I think this is a film that has characterized Patsy Cline from the bare bones facts of her life and her persona in the song she sang because if you even take crazy or um maybe not so much walk after midnight but a lot of her songs they're about her being sort of like pining over her man that's left her and I feel like that's often how she's characterised in the film, whereas if you look at accounts of her life, she was like an incredibly tenacious, strong-willed person who did have a a lot of tragedy in her life. And of course, like many musicians and subjects of biopics, she um, had a tragically short life under tragic circumstances. However, she was known as being incredibly feisty and very, very um, supportive of her uh, fellow artists, very outspoken, you know, no nonsense. I I think that gets lost a little bit yeah. in the screenplay, but it's there in the performance a little. You know, a, yes, that you yeah. it doesn't feel false. Although the as you mentioned, a lot of it is stretched and fabricated.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Like there's some stuff in regards to that that does feel very much like oh well, we're making a movie and we got to you know make it a movie like. Some of the stuff I was reading from uh, from Charlie and from their daughter uh, about, like, their relationship and about the sort of, like, the, the level of, you know, disagreements and fighting and abuse and all that. And, like, he didn't back down entirely from that. He was like, yeah, no, there would be times where we would fight and I would hit her and she would hit me back. And, like, if you hit her, like... And he, that was one of his like not complaints, but like one of the things he pointed out about the movie is like the movie kind of victimizes her in that way of like there's the scene where like he's really beating on her and like she falls to the ground and the kid walks out and she has to call the cops. And he's like, no, if you like raised your raised your hand at her more than a few times, she'd hit you over the head with a chair like she fought back. And the movie kind of takes that away in a way that feels kind of weird. And gross of like taking away her agency of this real like tempestuous relationship that she had. I don't know. I don't know if I have more of a thesis beyond that. Like it, it does kind of take away her feistiness in the presentation of the plot of it and of the, the, uh, the just the fights that they would get into. Uh, which again, he like didn't deny entirely of like, yeah, we would fight, but. It wasn't like that wasn't what our relationship was defined by. And the movie certainly gets into that a lot. Like it makes him out to be so much worse than it seems like not just that he would say, but like that their daughter and uh, her mother and like all of their friends were like, no, this is a much worse version of this man and of this relationship. And it all comes together to kind of paint Patsy Klein's life in kind of a weird light of like making her this battered wife that she wasn't or wasn't Mm. in the same way that the movie shows it. But I think even with that, with all that Lang's performance still shines through the cracks of this strong woman, despite the fact that the movie doesn't seem to be all that interested in making her strong and showing her strength.
2: Yeah. And she has, she's given the range to play, the, the stage persona of Patsy Cline, the performative aspect, the romantic aspect of yeah. having this affair or having a very sort of unfulfilling marriage, um, a very close bond with her mother, this very fiery affair that t- sort of sours into a um, very violent marriage as is portrayed, and then balancing being a wife and a mother with being this rising star um singing her own you know songs and choosing the songs and touring and doing benefit concerts it really it does portray her in a good light you know she's she's very much this tragic um i don't know why my mind goes to diana lady diana but you know (laughs) it's like that sort of like gone too soon woman who did so much and was snatched away too soon and Lang is so believable and lovable. I think that that yeah. charisma that she has as a performer taps it, you know, plays into the um, popular ideas of Patsy Cline so well. And it's interesting to think who else could have played Patsy Cline potentially because yeah. Meryl might may have been offered the role. Have Meryl, you heard this?
1: Meryl got turned down. Meryl wanted oh, Mar- the role and got oh. turned down for
2: it. I read it the other way that she turned it down, but she got turned down. Wow. From what
1: I read, and this is on Wikipedia and IMDb, so take this with a grain of salt, and I couldn't find anything else to back this up when I looked it up, but that this is apparently one of the three roles ever that Meryl had been turned down for.
2: <gasps> Wait, the uh, another one would have been King Kong. Yeah, it's, Lang, it, right? it's very well, strange. Again, the, the, the Streep-Lang
1: thing, like, I... I don't remember if I mentioned this specifically on the first episode or not, but like a long, like a while ago I was toying with the idea of making this, not just a Lang miniseries, but a street mini miniseries. Mm-hmm. And because they both have four. So like the first episode would have been country and a cry in the dark. And then, Sweet Dreams, and Bridges of Madison County, and it just would have been too much to... A lot. Yeah. Four-hour like,
2: episodes. Yes. Wow.
1: Very unrelated, because at a certain point you're talking about, like, Blue Sky and Julie and Julia, which are, like, 15-part, mm. and it, it's just too much. It's too much to to do. But, yeah, they once again, just the, the sort of intersecting paths of their careers. Uh, but, yeah, no, the charisma, I think, really shines through from the very beginning from the first bits we get of her where she's on the
2: stage singing. What's the song that she's doing? When I Harris- made a note of this. Okay. Um, it's San Antonio Rose. Right.
1: Yes. And she's singing that. And Harris is like in the audience sort of looking up at her and like, oh, I want to, I want to, I like that. I, I like this, this sort of. <laughs> That's how be- the is yeah.
2: introduced. It's through Ed Harris with hair. Very yeah. disturbing. Driving up. He's looking like Danny from Greece. He's going into a dance and seeing um, Patsy Cline singing San Antonio Rose. Um, yeah. And you know, you know what he wants from yes. the moment he locks eyes with her. And I think she says to his, you know, he says like, I want to take you out, buy a drink. And she says, well, they want ice water in hell, but they don't get it. Something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. Right? A, a people in hell want ice water. That don't mean they get it. And she's like, you know, she's throwing it back at him, but like in a way that's like, a little bit flirty a little bit of like oh yeah you you know playing hard to get because he's a stranger and she's you know more she's you know singing in this club she's not nobody which again all of this stuff is fabricated uh, from from the truth of it of the of how they actually met according to him or whatever uh but and then, like, the next scene after that, she's driving home with her mom, and she's, like, laughing at it. Like, oh, I said this, there's a uh, People in Hell Want ice water thing. And she's, like, very proud of it, but in a very playful way. Like, again, just the charisma, the the energy that she has is so lovable, like you said. She is, she really draws you in, in this, in, in the same way that, like, Patsy Cline, pa- Patsy Cline, Patsy Cline's more upbeat songs get you. Like, uh... Really? Yeah, no, she she has both, like, that's part of what made Patsy Cline such an interesting musician is because she she goes to, like, both extremes with, like, these energetic romance songs and these very wistful, sort of, like, longing songs, and you get both of that like, both of those sides of her as a performer in this presentation of her Uh, again, like, this feels less like she's playing Patsy Cline the person and more Patsy Cline the icon in a mm-hmm. way that Maybe the movie doesn't deserve, but I think the performance is very good. I think it's a performance that stands out from a script that doesn't know what it wants to say about Patsy Cline.
2: Yes, and I think this is an issue with biopics, is whose story are they really telling? Because, of course, Patsy Cline herself died when she was 30, and then this film is made at least 20 years later, whilst her widow is alive, but not involved in the project as far as I can tell in terms of yeah. producing. But then we've seen projects like my my nemesis, Bohemian Rhapsody, where, um, you know, the surviving members of Queen are very much guiding this narrative. And maybe more egregiously, say, Rocketman, where Elton John, you can just feel his hands all over that film, yeah. very much myth-making his own legend, you know, controlling that narrative. Whereas here, yeah, there isn't really a, a sense of who she is there isn't but there isn't really a vested interest in preserving say the integrity of the um is he called charlie dick is that her husband yeah Yeah. there isn't so it ends up being this kind of mess where there isn't quite a strong idea of who she was because it's dealing with the iconography of her it's dealing with the ideas that patsy klein meant to carol rise who is uh you know a director of the british new wave who is a czech-born director who has a very eclectic filmography and yeah. a writer of many different films like Alice Doesn't Live There Anymore and Mommy um, Dearest. Mommy Dearest, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting blend of creatives pulling together a a film which maybe lacks a coherent voice and strong understanding of who Patsy Cline was because, of course, a lo- I think an integral part of who Patsy Cline was, was how... She was very tenacious and supportive of fellow artists in the country music scene, especially female artists, which had been covered in Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah, and They consciously avoid her friendships with um, Loretta Lynn and is it Dottie West and another female country singer, which they just don't touch on at all, leaving a lot of the narrative focused on her relationship with her second husband, which um, he had to be no- very fabricated. Yeah. So it ends up being this very, you know, untrue to life portrait of an icon, which again, I think this benefits all of this always benefits Jessica Lang, though, doesn't it? Yeah. That she ends up being the strongest and most central and furthest, like sort of most powerful element of all the films we're talking about. And it really does galvanize her prestige as someone to be nominated.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, all, all of that. Yeah, it's not a very good movie. Very good performance. Again, kind of easy to see why this ends up as a lone nominee. Not just mm-hmm. because, again, as we talked about a bunch last week, they love Jessica Lang. They want to give her a second Oscar in lead because they feel bad about not giving it to her for Frances. But there, there's not really a rush to, to uh, want to award this performance so soon after Coal Miner's Daughter. And just to award this movie that, like was and also we'll we'll talk about best actress this year because she was Mm -hmm. in no way in the running for a win like at all this this is kind of a well we need to fill out the category who's some other people we can throw in there and uh she's a mainstay at this point so even if people movie it's kind of a check the box we like jessica lang she's established as a best actress nominated like Mm -hmm. actress so here here she goes
2: yeah, and we will get on to that when we talk yes. about the year, because it's fa- it's more fascinating than I really remember. You know, it's not the most memorable year at the Oscars yet. The Best Actress race is very interesting. Yeah,
1: um, especially but, looking at the names that didn't even make it in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We will we will touch yes. on that later,
2: I'm sure. Although, I'm something that I thought up front, has anyone ever got four acting nominations within four years? They they must have, and I'm sure... Street like, consecutive? Uh, well, there's obviously 83 where she misses out. I mean, she does have a film yeah. that could be nominated, but has anyone done that that we can think of?
1: Pacino. Godfather, Serpico, Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh yeah. And He's got those, four in a row. Yeah. There's there's a few others that have done it. Streep has to have done it at some point. Like I mean
2: Yeah, yeah. Streep, there must be a chunk. Maybe Deer Hunter, Kramer versus Kramer she doesn't have a 2007
1: because like the thing is right now we are in the longest that there's ever been without a street nomination really post uh is it post Post, the
2: post 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 the post yeah Yeah.
1: so 18 19 20 21 22 yeah because her biggest gap
2: might oh no oh yeah her biggest gap would have been postcards to to bridges Bridges. the madison
1: county yeah yeah she has to have had four in a row
2: though uh also glenn
1: close right garp big chill natural no she doesn't have an
2: 85 then not until fatal yeah. attraction
1: uh i know i've seen a list of this somewhere of like the longest consecutive uh is it like susan hayward or someone like that or or no it's um like like greer garson i think or norma oh, sure Gre- oh, one of those Gre- one of those people that got a Gre- bunch yeah. really quickly yeah
2: greer garson and bet bet davis get nominated pretty much in exactly the same window about six times within seven years or maybe five times within six years yeah because yeah. bet davis has jezebel dangerous the letter little foxes now voyager a break mr skeffington i can't believe i just did that off the top of my head and then greer garson something similar hell yeah yeah, uh,
1: yeah it happens it happens yeah. every now oh, and then
2: brando as well sorry yes. brando because of course yeah. streetcar viva zapata julius caesar on julius the water caesar. yeah so okay this does happen so this is a pattern with oscar with their favorites nominating them many years because and it's that sort of tumbling momentum isn't it that lang had but of course it kind of is reversed because she wins the first year she has nominations yes. and then these feel like afterglow nominations
1: but it's like i i do think it does genuinely play a factor that she wins in supporting what is seen as a leading lady Mm -hmm. And like one of the like the preeminent leading actresses of the 80s in terms of like prestige. And so it's like we were saying, it feels like they want to give her one in lead as soon as possible to like to make it right with her career or something like that. And which is why you get like this, which wasn't really recognized almost anywhere else in the season leading up to the nomination and she still gets in over some other contenders that uh, maybe had more of a profile. We'll talk about it. Uh we talked last week in this sort of section about Lang's career leading up to Country, uh, and in the interim between Country and Sweet Dreams, there's nothing. Like we said, these are like literally consecutive. There's not even another movie in like late '84 or early '85 that like would slip in between these two. Uh, and we'll talk next week about what comes in between this and uh music box i have always thought it's very funny that like this movie uh which is about a country music star comes in between country and music box neither of which are about her playing a country musician oh yeah uh i i get that this is called sweet dreams because that's a patsy klein song but i just think that's funny uh is there anything else we want to say about Lang specifically, or do we want to move on to some of the rest of the movie in as much as there is anything else to say about it?
0: Um,
2: I think she, ha- well, this is maybe, well, you, you indicated earlier that you think her lip syncing is quite good. Yeah. For the most part. I think, I think it lines up well enough. It's like, all right. I do remember sort of very going in this time for my second time, seeing it really scrutinizing the lip syncing and, I didn't think it was as impressive as I'd recalled it. As it really depends on the song. When yeah. she's singing, it probably is um, sweet dreams towards the end before she gets on her very fateful flight, um, which ends in a crash. Um, that's very good. And I think it's partly because it's di- like dimly lit, darkly lit. Yeah. She's really trying to emote, you know, it's almost like this final song that's very fateful, you know, like it's um foreshadowed a lot actually more so in in real life than it is in the film it's like you didn't even need to fabricate how much foreshadowing there was before her death like her saying well if i die i'm gonna die one day or something before she gets on the plane apparently she said along those lines look it up if anyone wants to look it up feel free to because i don't know if i'm getting that fully right but um uh her first one san antonio rose i just remember seeing it thinking maybe the standard's just been raised by drag race and everything but i thought Sashay away Jessica Lang, because this is not this is not <laughs> a, the best lip sync I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't
1: maybe I wasn't paying as attention to the specific lip syncing of it. I think mostly what I meant when I had said that was that like she like the the quality of her her vocal performance lines up well enough that hearing these songs come out of Jessica Lange, it doesn't feel like watching Rami Malik do Bohemian Rhapsody when his accent as freddie mercury doesn't sound enough like freddie mercury to like be believable that he would sing like that like that clearly sounds and looks like you're just seeing someone lip sync to queen whereas this Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe i i I didn't scrutinize as much as i probably should have honestly now that you mentioned that
2: no i think my bar is quite high and i just love it when They do just sing, even if they don't sound exactly like the person, however iconic they are, and especially with um, uh, Patsy Cline. However, if you watch back to back, say, and this is a different kettle of fish, but if you watch um, Jessica Lange as Patsy Cline and then Beverly D'Angelo, Beverly D'Angelo, of course, does not sound exactly like Patsy Cline. However, there is an element from just her singing on set and the way it's shot by Michael Aptead, which is, you know, he's a documentarian. There's something that's... Almost closer to that, like, you know, stop making sense quality of yeah. musical film than someone lip syncing in an 80s film shot by Carol Rice. But, you know, she does a pretty good job and absolutely not as heinous as Rami Malek.
1: Yes. Well, that's a, that's a very low bar to clear.
2: <laughs> and yet he won the Oscar. And yet he sure did. <laughs> uh, he uh, won every award going that season, didn't he? He really did. Time. Why? We've covered Why? that. We've covered that. We yeah, um, we've we see can't our get our at back. eternity Gates uh, episode. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh so uh on to the rest of the movie. In as much as there are things to say about the rest of the movie.
0: Comes another paycheck
2: for Charlie. <laughs> crazy! <laughs> I'm crazy, crazy for, for feelings so
0: lonely i'm crazy crazy for feeling so so blue
1: uh where do we let's i mean we we talked we we have been talking about her because like that's the whole point of it but patsy Hmm. klein like what what's your relationship to Batsy klein as an artist like what, what's your sort of like familiarity with her going into this
2: well funnily enough i think it comes through film because there's the oh gosh what was the name of the director of do you, do you know the film crazy from 2005
1: i don't know if i i do
2: oh it's by the director of um dallas buyers club I oh, his yeah. name yeah he's passed uh, uh, away uh, uh, jean-marc valet yes it? yes that director fantastic director um and it was like one of his first i think feature films i believe it's a canadian french production i this want to is say is looking right yeah and it's a, a queer coming of age film um where the main character I think is very into you know like it's very velvet and gold mine like you know um, David Bowie and everything but um, it's called Crazy and that the Patsy Klein song features prominently so I think through that film I became accustomed with Patsy Klein, and I adore her I adore her music I love her voice and she's one of those artists that I think um, my grandma um, loves too so when I mention her she goes oh you know and then when it comes around to Christmas I got a Patsy Cline Um, record so I've been listening to that in preparation just anything by her a bit like Nina Simone I can just listen to any song I don't have to know the song and it always is entertaining and soulful and brilliant so I adore Patsy Cline genuinely one of my favorite singers so how about yourself
1: yeah uh I don't know if I necessarily even remember the origins of like my familiarity with her uh but yeah no she's great she's an artist that like every time I I try to think of, like, oh, what's my favorite Patsy Cline song? Like, there's a few that come to mind, and then as I think on it, more like, oh, but there's also this one, and there's also this one. And there's these other songs that, like, don't even really necessarily register immediately as Patsy Cline songs, just because they're so, like, ubiquitous, as, like, with either cover versions of them or just, like, I don't know, just, like, the, the songs as they exist in the ether. But, yeah, yeah, no, she's she's great. And she's one of those artists that, like, because you have this sort of legend tied to her like like with uh buddy holly or Mm -hmm. uh, just all these artists that died young like their music carries a weight like when you're playing it in a movie or like using it as a like background piece in whatever movie or tv you're using it in like like her music will show up a lot in things and but it's not as overused as some of those others like Holly or Hendrix or whatever. Like th- like when you're using a Patsy Cline song, you have to really mean it, I guess. Yeah and, yeah. and so it's always nice to like be watching something and have that come up. And so to have this movie like I, I there's no way I was going to have an outright bad time with this movie because there's a lot of Patsy Cline music in it. And so, yeah, at least you've got that, even if it's not the best movie in the world you still get a bunch of Patsy Cline music. So I'm not too, too peeved about it, you know?
2: Yeah. And something that they do in this, which I feel like they occasionally do in musical biopics, which is very true is say when crazy, you know, I think I can't remember if crazy is the one that was written by Willie Nelson. And then she said, that I'm not going to sing right. this. And then, yeah, I yeah. Think so and we went mentioned Willie Nelson earlier. Um, but they play crazy about three times in a row. And I feel like that's something that they should do more in musical biopics. Like, obviously, if a big hit comes out for an artist, they're just going to be hearing it on the radio. They're going to yeah. be hit, singing it everywhere. You know, I think that's something that I can never wrap my head around about a musician is if you have a hit song, especially if you're a one hit wonder, imagine how sick you must get of singing the same song over and over and over. But, you know, that's the key to winning a crowd over is playing yeah. the biggest hit um so i think there's something in this film that taps into that but maybe just incidentally um but yeah i think there's also something about um patsy klein that reminds me of sandy sandy and spongebob maybe she's slightly based <laughs> on patsy klein um so i think it's like the kind of sad yodel kind of like kind of it's not yodeling but you know that yeah yeah melancholic you know southern guitar song that just reminds me of Spongebob and that makes me happy. So yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, the like the sort of like pop culture anchor that I have for Patsy Klein's song, or at least for a handful of them is that uh it, it's weird. Like they're tied to my least favorite character from Lost, but oh. they're really well utilized. Like in the flashbacks for uh, Kate, the Evangeline Lilly character, like they use a lot of Patsy Cline in there, which uh, you know they do that they have a few different musicians that died in in plane crashes that are uh oh. that have their stuff like there's a buddy holly drop at some point there's mm-hmm. probably some john denver or leonard skinnard or something i can't remember what else but there's like it's is a bit of a motif that they return to every once in a while but they have it's like a lot of walking after midnight and she's got you get used a lot over the mm-hmm. sort of uh the Kate storylines and so I don't like those parts of the show but I do like the Patsy Cline in them oh. uh, so I don't know at, at least there's uh, there's that sort of tie to her music maybe that's specifically what I mean when I say Patsy Cline stuff used in movies and TV is specifically as it's used in Lost I don't know.
2: No yeah we all have our anchors I've never seen Lost so that's one that's lost on me yeah. Um, but yeah I think the, the broader film I, I'm it's something that we mentioned earlier but it is an odd collection of talents you know we haven't really spoken about ed harris but ed harris is the co-lead again much like lang's films very much subordinated to a co-star i'd say it's jessica lang and then everyone is as we said last time living in jessica lang's world like he is good and he has a lot of dramatic scenes but he is the attention is so focused on lang that he he's good but it's this was never going to be a nomination for ed harris
1: yeah i do really like his scene when he's in jail and he's like having the heart to heart with his cellmate about like his upbringing and his father like killing himself while Mm. he was in the kitchen with him yeah Uh, yeah and like it's a pretty striking scene for this character that is this, like, sort of brash, alcoholic womanizer to have this heart-to-heart is kind of jarring near the end of the movie. But, like, it it sets an emotionality for this last act that I think is earned, kind of, I don't know. I don't really know. It, it seems, again, like, this character, as it sounds, like, very clearly not actually inspired by the real Charlie Dick, just sort of, like, what if we gave her... A husband that was an alcoholic womanizing wife beater because that's what we feel like this character needs in this fictionalized version of uh of her life and like a lot of like the quote-unquote worst scenes seem to be entirely fabricated like the scene where patsy is giving birth to their first kid and he is out at the bar getting drunk and like maybe having a one-night stand with a former girlfriend and then he shows up angry at home and like gets a call from the hospital. Apparently, when their first child was being born, he was still like in the army. He had been drafted. And like they told him that he that they could like hold off until he could get home and they would like uh uh what's the word? Like instigate uh the birth uh induce. Or, or whatever. Yes, induce. They they could induce uh, labor. Induced labor. That's the phrase I was going for. And so he came home Uh, for that. And he, like, was at the hospital and they said, oh, well, it's not going to happen tonight, so you can go home. And so he went home and was asleep when he got the call saying it happened. She gave birth while you were out. And that's, like, the story that is corroborated by him, by Patsy's mother, who, like, spoke out against this movie for its inaccuracies, by their daughter, who had heard that story her entire life of, like, this is the circumstances of your birth. Like the version that's shown in the movie is an, a complete fabrication founded on nothing. And it really makes him out to be a just an awful piece of shit. When in yeah. reality, complicated person, much as everyone is, but you can't, you know, for the secondary character in this like fictional, very heavily fictionalized version of Patsy Cline's life you're not going to get that deep into the like moral grays of her husband. Just make him a bad guy. It makes for good movies, I guess. I don't know.
2: No, but then it the confusing thing about this film is it almost, I think, paints him the other way. Later on when he's, I think, at the barracks, he calls her. He gets really lonely maybe and he calls her on the like payphone outside and he's like, oh, you know, I just want to see you. I just want to see our daughter. And, you know, I'm, I'm remembering this quite vaguely because I think I checked out a little bit at this point. And yeah. she's like, no, I'm too busy. And he's like, yeah. oh, I just want to see my daughter. And she's like, well, and it's like, well, now you're drawing sympathy to him. Obviously, after he's, you know, allegedly missed the birth of his daughter because he was out having an affair, which is the most cliche scene. I mean, I'm sure it happens, yeah. but to, to think it didn't even happen at all, you're villainizing this villainizing that vilifying yeah. this man and this then,
1: widower by the way this like knowing what happened to him and to her and yeah. to them like
2: yes yeah yeah sorry i didn't understand. like yes of course a, a real life person who had been widowed yeah very publicly and then and then somehow later portraying her sort of distance as being cruel i was like this is not really understanding that they, they their, their relationship um in real life apparently was very very tempestuous and characterized i think someone said it was characterized by drinking and often violent outbursts but laughter and tears like it was incredibly emotional turbulent and potentially dem- um abusive relationship on both sides potentially yeah but there's they had there their ups and downs be, yeah yeah there seems to be no kind of understanding of the 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 positives of this relationship at least in the way that it was in real life at least by friends and by uh Char- charlie charlie dick yeah I keep forgetting his name um charlie dick just doesn't sound like a real name does it it does um, yeah it sounds, it like th- it sounds yeah yeah um, sounds entirely made up but yeah he is he is quite good funny enough my quiz for you is about ed harris okay you like your ed harris quiz sure thing okay um, who in this does look like he's playing Danny Zuko in a regional production of Grease? Yeah, I do. Um, I I do
1: have a soft spot for Ed Harris with hair. He was a handsome man have, in the eighties.
2: He oh, he's he's handsome, but is that that's not his hair, right? That's a wig. I think, I think it's his hair. Is it? His I hair looks very very straight for a man that's going to go very bald. That's within the next that's decade. true. Yeah. I guess I guess he has hair in the right stuff, which we mentioned. Yeah. Last Which week. that that was another thing I wanted to mention about this
1: like about his 80s career. It's very funny that like he's in a few things before the right stuff, but then he's in the right stuff as like the biggest sweetheart ever put to film in John Glenn is he playing in that? I think
2: so. I was yeah. going to say John Glenn, so yes. let's say John Glenn. He's
1: like adorable and like a wife guy and he has the scene where he's up in the in the rocket and he sees the stars and is talking about how they're fireflies and he's so sweet. And then on the heels of that, he's just like, places in the heart, total bastard. This, total bastard. Swing shift, total bastard. He's just like, what if we cast him as the biggest bastard husband in every movie ever for the rest of time? And it's so strange that that's the immediate
2: follow-up to The Right Stuff, where he's so sweet. I I really need to re-watch The Right Stuff. I think with our episode last week covering sexy Sam Shepard and now sexy head ed harris maybe i need to rewatch the right stuff
0: yeah
2: um well it's a a quiz in two parts but i'd say the the first part is, is something you've almost i think you you'll, you'll be quite good at so yeah. um, ed harris of course pops up in a lot of oscar-nominated and oscar-winning perf- you know films that have those nominations and wins for performances yes so um can oh, i'm trying to think how to word this can you name the films That got a best actress nomination or win. That co-star or feature Ed Harris. Okay, how? I can give you the number. There's five in his career. Okay, for lead actress.
1: So, Sweet Dreams. Correct. Places in the heart. The heart. Uh, The Hours. Yes, yes, of course. Winning for Nicole Kidman. Yes. Ed Harris, best actress.
2: And I can give you clues. Not yet.
1: Okay, let me, okay, let me okay. see what I can get. Let me see what I can get here, um, okay?
2: Because he shows up in so much is the thing. The, There's he does, but yes, he does. But I think one of these is quite tricky, and the other one's a bit easier.
1: Okay, so let's see. It's not Truman Show. It's not Pollock. It's not Apollo thirteen. And I already said the hours, so it's not his other three Oscar nominations. Oh man. He's in so many movies. <laughs> okay, let's let's get so just like the vaguest hints you can give. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah,
2: yeah, oh yeah, no, this is a vague hint. Okay, the two you're missing in lead actress come after the hours. That's all okay. I was going to say. You okay. got the first three.
1: Okay, that is helpful. Mm. Okay, I don't think it's any of the two thousand three movies. Uh, yeah is it one of the 2003 movies am i no no okay okay no. that was a okay that was a move along 2004 he's not in million dollar baby he's not in being julia he's not in eternal sunshine he's not in maria full of grace he's not in vera Drake. 2005 <laughs> but we, could,
2: we could do this what if he is in vera drake no he isn't but um you that might you maybe aren't going the most the quickest route by going are by they year. more recent than
1: that Uh, okay yes more recent than 2004 yes oh yeah okay uh it's not top gun maverick which he's in for like 20 seconds
2: oh he's so good i love that scene where he gets hit by all the dust yeah yeah like the sonic boom
1: love love i mean i love me some ed harris in general uh
2: back this year with jessica
1: lang in long day's journey into night
2: Whoa! Is, are they making that into a film?
1: Yeah, it's wrapped filming. It's coming out this year. They're the 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 parents, and uh, uh, Ben Foster is Jamie, oh, and then he's
2: he's going to be doing a lot of business, isn't he? Yeah, and then ben I Foster.
1: I don't remember who's playing. Uh, Edmund is the name of the the younger son. I don't remember who that is. You but did an
2: episode on it, didn't I you? Did. So, I did. I yeah. did do the
1: the Catherine Hepburn version. Jessica Lange, who by the way has played Mary Tyrone like three times on stage two or three Uh, times uh uh so very curious who knows maybe maybe it'll be the fifth jessica lang and second longest turning in tonight on this uh okay no i'm getting distracted from my sorry yes tangent tangent we go on a lot of those okay i'm gonna
2: give you i'm gonna give you a clue if that's all right go for it the last two are in the last 10 years okay so
1: 23rd is he in like august osage county
2: no but you got the year right
1: okay it's probably one of the ones I haven't seen then.
2: And this is the tricky one. He's I okay. think he's only ever a voice in this.
1: Is bit. he a voice in gravity or something? He is. Okay. I haven't I seen didn't... gravity.
2: You've never seen
1: gravity. I've never seen gravity. I don't know. Wow. Everyone okay. else has. Yeah, I know. I just totally okay. So post 2013. 2014. I'm just gonna real quick like go and see if anything pops out. Okay. 2014. Twenty fifteen. No, no... No, wait. Is he in room? Who's the dad? And in... is it William H. Macy? It's William H. Macy. Okay. It's Bill Macy.
2: Yeah. No, um, it's. It, I'd say it's one of his more prominent recent roles. As more... this. Okay. Film. Maybe 20... you haven't seen this film because I feel like you'd remember him in
1: it. It's possible I haven't, or maybe I'm just entirely blanking on what the movie would be.
2: Think backwards. Don't go. Don't go forwards. Think backwards. Do you know what I mean? Like from now. Oh, okay. So from now. So. Oh
1: right, he's in the Lost Daughter. He is he's so delightful in the Lost Daughter. He's so good. He's so, he's so again. Good. He's so sweet in that. That's it, with him. Is he? He dances with Olivia
2: Colman, right? He and does. With, he does. He's yeah. like her Airbnb host yes. or whatever. You know the equivalent is. He's I, great, and he's so craggy, but he's yeah. so sexy still. He's so he's got yeah. it. I forgot about that. That um relevant to
1: today specifically for me specifically because. I saw that movie at New York Film Fest, and today I decided I'm going to New York, New York Film Fest again this year. So, oh, do you know ya.
2: have they announced the lineup? Or... Yes,
1: they announced it today, which is part of what made me think, yeah, sure, I'm going to go. Uh, so, like, poor particular... things is going to be there. Uh, Zone
2: of Interest, oh, uh... poor things, so you can get on and see if Defoe's got a shot at um, yeah. best supporting actor again. Yeah, a
1: lot of a lot of really good. Uh, so. Lockheed Mera is in the the. Uh, Uh, anatomy of a fall a lot of stuff yeah and they had already announced the like opening night centerpiece and closing
2: night which is may december priscilla and ferrari and oh those are some good interesting projects from really interesting directors as well
1: yeah no I'm, i'm looking forward to uh to hopefully checking out as much as i can uh while i'm there Very nice. Is that September, October? Uh, Late September. It's like the, the, it's two weeks that sort of overlap that, uh, that month crossover.
2: Nice. Cool. Well, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did, I'd say you did really well in the High of it all. Took me a minute on the last two. But You mentioned a lot of his, my second part, which is okay. a longer one, but you, we don't have to do it because I think you covered most oh, of it. Oh, I can I can. His, oh, if you want. Yeah. Um, his best support, and play along at home, please, whoever's listening. Um, best supporting actress features. You mentioned pretty much all of okay. them, I think. Most uh, of them.
1: So, Places in the Heart. Mm-hmm. Swing Shift. mm
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: How many of them are there? There's 10. Okay, cool. Places in the Heart. Swing Shift. The Hours. Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's not a Truman Show one. Apollo 13. Yes. Uh, Pollock. Yes. Oh, man. Any others that I've already mentioned?
2: Um. No, this is where it gets hard. Okay, I cool. Cool. I like me. I like I'm going to put a little note by the ones you've said. So I think you've named five of them. I
1: think I... I I'm counting six, but I also don't remember which ones I'd already said.
2: So you have said swing shift, places of no places in the heart, uh, swing shift places in
1: the heart, Pollock, the Hours, the Mm -hmm. Lost Daughter, and Apollo thirteen.
2: Yes, so you are correct. You're on six, so you have four remaining, and I have a note of which ones they are.
1: Okay, uh, four more. Ed Harris, best supporting actress movies. (laughs) I would say is he a lead in any of them, but he's like never a lead
2: outside of Pollock. Like No, and he's not a lead in any of these. In fact, I forgot he was in most of them. That's always fun. That's not helpful, is it? But um, It's not, but that's like kind of the whole
1: Ed Harris thing is that he is in so many more movies that you don't remember him in. Oh, I just got like a brief flash of him in something. That was like a, I forgot Ed Harris was in this. And now I lost it. If I could potentially oh, wait, no, History of Violence didn't get that no, Maria bello best Supporting nomination. Actor. Yeah. And
2: I I didn't I didn't do it the other way. Um for some reason. I think because we were we're talking about Jessica Lang. Um no, but one is a best picture winner. Oh, how many best picture winners is Ed Harris even in? Well, co-starring with Best Supporting actresses yes lead actresses i'm just
1: like trying even to think Uh, wait was it one of his lead actress ones as well
2: no just just so you haven't named this yet
1: i haven't named this best picture winner that has ed harris it's there's only there's got to be like one of those and now i'm just trying to remember i think it's
2: one and i i want to say he's probably fourth build or fifth or third Okay. Anywhere between those, he's definitely not first or second.
1: Okay, I'm just going like year by year. What are even the best picked? Oh, yes, a beautiful mind Ding, ding, he's, ding correct. He, he's yes. the imaginary Fed in that.
2: Yes, I believe so. I have not seen that film for a very long time. Yeah, okay, so you have three remaining um, two from the 90s and one from the 2000s. Okay, okay, that is helpful. Best supporting actress, Best supporting nominees, actress. nominees. No nominees Harris.
1: This is fun. This is exactly the kind of thing that I would just like give myself in general as like a brain yeah. teaser. So it's nice to have someone else as the arbiter of this. I hope this is fun to people listening. Uh, I hope I hope... Pe-
2: I hope people play along if they yeah yeah.
1: And I hope you're not shouting at me for missing like a beautiful mind or whatever these other three are. Uh There's not a supporting actress nomination for the Truman
2: Show, although there should be. There should be. Really, I feel Laure- like Laura no, Lindy yeah. is so good in that, so good. But now she has three nominations, so that's yeah. pretty good. And
1: the one I get to talk about is the one that it seems least likely that I would get to talk about for Kinsey.
2: Okay, oh Kinsey, now that yeah. is an interesting film. Um, but not with yes, Ed Harris, not with who Ed I have somehow have made our Jessica Lang episode about Ed Harris, but only briefly. I, I mean, um,
1: well, because he's a, a long day's journey into night upcoming and this movie and also they're in another movie together that was like co-written by bob dylan uh masked and anonymous
2: that is always on you know bbc yeah we have like bbc iPlayer, which is like a like a streaming service but totally free um that's always on there it never leaves i'm really intrigued to watch it
1: and that movie also has john goodman who we haven't even mentioned is in this movie uh playing a character named uncle sweetheart in (laughs) in that okay no back to ed harris though i can't Get sidetracked anymore in this? Well, case. I was
2: I was gonna try and work in John Goodman, but I don't believe John Goodman is in either of the three remaining films you have. Three remaining in the nineties, two in the nineties, one in the two thousands. And when I say two thousands, I mean not two thousands, not tens. Yeah, okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, is he in like another one of the ninety five ones mm-hmm. other than Apollo thirteen? Mm-hmm. He is. Oh, it's not sense and sensible. Is he in Nixon? He
2: is i don't think i knew that i vaguely remember him in it but huh. i wouldn't have i mean that's very good that you can guess that so
1: a process of elimination because i knew it wasn't
2: the other three he's not in mighty aphrodite or yeah or georgia
1: or oh, a, a... oh he could
2: he could be in georgia he could have been yeah because yeah. that's got like
1: more people than you remember in this like ted levine like john Patty, c riley maybe. John C. riley yeah yeah, yeah it has got an interesting supporting cast.
2: Okay. I th- Two more. Okay. For one of the films in question that you have yet to get, I think he's on the poster. I think he's Ooh. one of four people on the poster that I have seen. One of four people on the poster. Is it earlier 90s or later 90s? Like this per- is So you've guessed one of the 90s. So, sorry, yes. this is the 2000s. Oh, the 2000s. He's the one. 2001, mm-hmm. he's on the poster. Okay. I think there's a poster what I can picture with four heads. For and he's one of the heads. heads.
1: Is this earlier or later two thousands? Later, later two thousands. I think this is the one that I had the like brief flash of his face being a part of this movie.
2: I um, think you could do this episode, or have done it, or will do it.
1: He is in Gone Baby Gone. He's Correct. so he has the best line reading in Gone Baby Gone. After he's gotten shot, and Casey like chases him to the top of that roof. And he just finds him sitting there bleeding out, and he goes, "That bartender wasn't fucking around." It's, it's he's yeah. That's the one. That's the one I was picturing too. I've already done that okay. episode. Yeah, yeah, done. I've full on done that movie. Okay, 1990s. Ed Harris, Best Supporting Actress nominee.
2: Absolutely yes,
0: and
1: this is a film.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know. I can't. There's a co-star of this film that we mentioned last week. Okay. But I don't know if that's... Too, that's not too big a hint.
1: We talked about a lot of people last week. Okay.
2: okay. Okay, okay. Can I give you a stronger hint? Yes. They're in the film we talked about last week.
1: Okay. Is it a Sam Shepard? Wilford no. Brimley. Mm-hmm. Wilfred Brimley in the 90s.
2: <laughs> I, this is the film I always think of Wilfred Brimley in.
1: Oh. I... Wilfred Brimley in the 90s in a movie that was up for Best Supporting Actress is this think,
2: a weird one? it's a weird it's a weird film. I, is it a lone acting nominee it hang on hang on l- l- I don't think it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is if that makes okay. sense um huh. f- it's a weird film to have an an acting nomination no, it has two nominations, therefore it's not eligible for
1: what's the other category
2: best music original score. Best original score. Okay, and then see. an acting nomination. So and quite an a weird nom- one.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to place any of these now. Okay,
2: Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> He's always the one I think of in this film. But um, or when I think of Wilfred Brimley, I think yeah. of this film.
1: Okay, give me another one. I'm okay. Trying a total blank.
2: ooh. Mm, no is this too strong a hint well it fell within a particular trend of early 90s films in general but also reflected slightly at the oscars oh so
1: it is early 90s okay mm-hmm. don't think it's 1990
2: um, is, it, is it fried green tomatoes no no it okay it's directed
1: fried green tomatoes believably co-starring wilford brimley and ed harris just he like plays, in there somewhere he, yeah
2: he plays the tree or one of them does that she sticks her yeah. hand in with all yeah. the money that's the only bit i remember from that film um okay no this film in question is directed by the best director winner of the year we are discussing for sweet oh Rims.
1: so it's a sydney pollock mm-hmm. movie from the early 90s uh-huh. that i know i should know this from you saying that
2: i and don't know it's... i i forgot he directed this but there's a
1: lot of yeah that happens to a lot of sydney pollock movies mm. god why am i unable to place <laughs> okay. this movie
2: i can give you one more hint yeah and you'll get it yeah it's it this film is part of a trend or a rare um duet of films where an actor is nominated twice in the same year oh. for two different performances. Oh,
1: it's uh, it's The Client. No. The other one. No, it's the other one, The Firm. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes, we got there in the end. Ed Harris is in The Firm, co-starring with Oscar nominee Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter, who won yeah. her Oscar this year. So yes. similar to Lang in that, you know, two nominations in a year yeah. wins one of them. Yeah. Okay, that there makes sense. Go. I still
1: haven't seen... <laughs> either the client is one that i'll talk about on this show yes uh for susan sarandon
2: written by the same writer who wrote sweet dreams is it
1: that would make sense that i think i did see that let me pull up his wikipedia yeah
2: after that wild tangent that has to be a way to tie it back in right and i believe it's the same okay
1: we you found a way okay that was that was a lot of fun love that ed harris uh Quib. You actually did.
2: You did really well, and like I Thank had you. the benefit of researching that, so I hadn't didn't have to think about it. And you did way better than I would have done. I can't remember that he's in. You, you remember his four Oscar nominations, but he's in he's in a lot of films. An yeah, awful lot of films. So
1: like more than you think. Like Snowpiercer, he shows up at the very end. In I like love a, him in Snowpiercer, yeah. but he's
2: basically playing the same role or similar to um, in Trimmer Show, which is like one of my absolute all time favorite films yeah so I adore him and that I once directed a school play and I was very very tempted to wear the same hat he does yes just at the back just sort of my hands here just going yes I am I am Ed oh, Harris I, I am God um yeah. but I didn't because I I wasn't fully at my ego trip but give it a year and I would have yeah so yeah Ed Harris good in this film <laughs> <laughs> yes Ed Harris film. good in this movie uh, Ed Harris good when isn't he um true any further thoughts on the film? I like that John Goodman sang
1: crazy in that one scene. It was, I, this movie should have had way more John Goodman.
2: Every film should have way more John Goodman. Like this is, where would this be in his career? Is this, this is post, uh, true stories. Post true stories. Same year as no, no, sorry. Same year as matinee or the year before matinee, his Joe Dante film where he's on the poster. Yeah, I think that's 86. And then he's, he's,
1: let, let me find f- the 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 goodman career
0: leading up oh, to
2: this. Of, of course he's or in raising arizona which came yes. out in eighty seven. so this is very much like you'll see john goodman in lots of things and then i feel like barton think is his biggest breakout yeah yeah that Oscar nomination absolutely should
1: have won he's so good in that he's, he's oh incredible. yeah because of course
2: that's that's the jack palance year. so yeah
1: Oh, True Stories is the year after this. I was thinking of True Stories as eighty four, but that's
2: eighty six. Oh, I mean, so mat- maybe this is Matinee is not until ninety three. Wow, I was way off with that. I've never seen it. Um, I just I really also know haven't. that poster of him like pointing to the explosion, like a mushroom cloud, and yeah, it's a cool poster.
1: He's oh, he's in uh uh every or Everybody's All American, which also has Jessica Lange, no uh, way. in a few in like nineteen eighty
2: eight, oh. uh. Everyone's all American. She has some really anonymous films in her filmography that have yeah. bizarre, really long titles.
1: Yeah, man oh man, though John Goodman, good good actor. More like John Goodman, more like John good actor. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and it's very fun to see him sort of like teasing Ed Harris by doing a big over the top performance of Sweet Dreams or not a Sweet Dreams of Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, when yeah. It comes on the radio at work.
2: Uh, own, yeah he's he's a sax saxophone player in this yeah i think another notable um member of the crew is Anne roth did you notice Anne roth did the costumes? i didn't
1: i did not notice that that's cool
2: Anne roth of course multiple oscar nommer oscar wow oscar winner and nominee but also recent featured actor in barbie yeah she yeah the sweet old lady that sits on the bench and barbie tells her she's beautiful and she goes i know it yeah, and it makes it. me cry. That specific bit is the first time I cry in Barbie uh, when I've seen it twice. Nice. Um, John Goodman, uh, we've covered that. Uh, uh,
1: oh, the no, that's oh the other like big uh, factual inaccuracy sure. that I wanted to point out is the plane crash is a hundred percent fabricated.
2: Oh god, all of the it plane crash, yeah,
1: as presented in the movie, there's like. Some sort of malfunction with the plane, and mm-hmm, then they mm-hmm. get it right. And the then the propellers yeah. stop,
2: the engine cuts out, so they're sort of drifting through the air with and in, in the small passenger plane with four people in it. There's a few scenes before where they're in the plane as well, so yeah. you almost they almost tease you, going, Oh, it's hey, it's, it's Patsy plane." You, you know what you know what happened, you know how, you yeah. know how that which I, I kind of hate because I, you know, yeah. it makes me really anxious. It's you know, like whenever someone pulls out a gun in American yeah. Sniper, you're like. Are they going to shoot him? Are they going to um,
1: American snipe? Uh, <laughs> which well, like, is a lot of that film. Yeah, um, but and like you can do that in something like Walk Hard, where you have all of that, like the, the machete. Like, yes, these these fun jokes, or like even just like knowingly winking at, like, hey, you know how you know what happened to this icon, like. Mm. Uh, or there's some podcast I listen to where someone is playing. In like a like a brief little thing, uh, John Lennon the day before he got assassinated, and he just says some line of like, "I for one am excited uh, to experience 100% of the 1980s," and just like that level. No, like no, like no, no that's no, a, okay. someone in a podcast recently like <laughs> doing that of like the sort of knowing jokes like that. Yeah, you can do that in a comedy setting. It's weird to do that in this a dramatization of her life to be like, "Hey, you know what happened to her in a plane once." Mm -hmm. uh but sorry
2: that was me going on a interruption of you describing the the fabrication of her death scene which please paint this horrible picture because it's the one part i I shared with you that i remember from seeing this film but it's it's, a hundred it's it's, so fake it's because oh god
1: there's this uh plain malfunction they get it working they pull up out of the fog and then oh no there's a mountain there and they crash right into the side of the mountain and there's a huge explosion uh And all of that is fake because uh, by the accounts that I read on Wikipedia, but uh, there was no malfunction with the plane. It was just really foggy and the pilot like wasn't like radio certified or something like didn't know how to do the readings uh, without like a clear view. And they just like descended down into a forest and the treetops like ripped the plane apart on the descent. And so like, And like there was there were like accounts from people there that were there at the time that like described it as like hearing there be a big crash noise and then silence like Mm. like not this big explosion on the side of a mountain which it really just speaks to how little this movie cares about being accurate that like everyone knows that it was a plane crash people usually assume plane crashes are into sides of mountains let's go with that because it's more cinematic even though yeah. and like that has persisted for i mean not like this is a movie that people watch a ton and like build their understanding of patsy cline on but like it adds just like falsities to the the mythology and the myth-
2: mythos of her and her life and it's just gross and it's annoying it's, re- it's not only, I think you you touched on something really pertinent there, where you said it speaks to the sort of attitude of the film, or you didn't say in so many ways. Wo- you said it half. Yeah. You said, I, I'm paraphrasing you. Um, <laughs> but that it's it's taking the, the actual facts, the actual end result was that she died in a plane crash, and it's portraying it in the most, I don't know, the fabrication doesn't even seem like it's serving a greater purpose. It's... And it's really quite brutal the way obviously in real life the plane crashed that's incredibly tragic in and of itself how it crashed you know it was a complicated thing where the pilot as you said you know didn't know where they were going they crashed into the trees that can be cinematic but the way it's done in this is yeah the plane fails they're going through the clouds and the fog and then well, hey oh no we've got the plane working again oh my god pull up and then she screams out charlie as in yeah. the name of her husband and then it just shows that it's the way it just shows the plane hitting this full yeah. mountain as if they've been flying at like a hundred feet off the ground. It's full gross. fireball. It makes a big fireball upon impact. And then another explosion comes up. And I just think it, it just reminds me of that line from uh, before sunrise, where she's like, Oh, I can't stop thinking about when you're on a plane and you're crashing. And it's like that one moment between life and death where you realize you're about to die. I, and which is a really haunting thought that I think a lot of people have but yeah. it really like puts it into very visceral stark ah like imagine if you just like shouted out the name of your most loved person because you know you're just about to slam into a the side of a mountain which is not how she, and apparently they were all killed instantly it was quite a quick death and people went out and scavenged and they like looked for bits in the wreckage it's you know an interesting I almost wish it had lingered a bit more but by the time it happens, you know what's coming and the film teases that a little bit so it gets into the worst the worst kind of crimes and attitudes of this film. And then it's over and you see the funeral and there goes Patsy Cline and there's Sweet Dreams. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Yeah, not a great movie.
1: Really good oh, performance. You know? Better but... than Country.
2: Compared yes. to Country this was really fun.
1: Again, at the very least, you get to listen to a lot of Patsy Klein music. So that gives, bumps it up at least like half a star, maybe a full star.
2: Yeah. Patsy Klein, Jessica Lang, Ed Harris. With hair. Uh, with hair. And I think that makes for a three star film. I found it yeah. fine.
1: Yes, it's fine.
2: What I think Anne Wedgworth is very good as her mother. I was, yeah, I was going to bring that up. She, and she got, you'll get onto it, but. One notice. I think one of the only yeah. awards this film got was a recognition for her. She is very good, and I don't think I've seen her in much else.
1: It's a name that I've I recognized and I can't remember where. She was uh, she was on Three's Company. Uh she won the Tony for uh Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a Play for Chapter Two, which I guess oh. would have been the role that uh was uh what's her name from the mary tyler moore show in
2: the movie oh dear you're asking the wrong person. is it
1: oh oh god i have i've talked about chapter two on this podcast yeah. uh, valerie harper
2: oh valerie harper who did yeah. get an nomination for she did point? not i don't think no? so i don't think no. she ever oh, did no she got a globe nomination for that film right that
1: sounds plausible at the very least i I'm don't remember I, it's been a while since I've done chapter two, and but believe it or not, I didn't retain a ton about that bad movie.
2: Oh, no. Um, uh, but yeah, no, so Anne Wedgworth is also in Steel Magnolias. I think that's her most prominent future episode. Role. Ah, and she is also in Bang the Drum Slowly, which is an eligible. Uh, also future episode, movie. yeah. There we go. Well, she's going to be the patron saint of... Uh, the podcast i guess yeah or one of many um i mean ed yes, harris
1: is on his third episode here
2: jessica lang Uh-oh. is on for a second yeah do you know who is gonna be the most fre- the most frequent
1: in the end uh i have not looked into like a lot of the 30s and 40s
2: actors for uh, that yeah.
1: like i, I think yeah. betty davis is up there a lot the one i know jeff bridges is in like six
2: wow okay wow yeah.
1: Do you want to do a little impromptu quiz of can you name the Jeff Bridges? No, you don't have to. But uh.
2: no. Oh, yeah, no, I'll try. What, Jeff Bridges films have lone nominations. Yes, two of them are for him. Oh, okay. If two are for him, then one's Lightfoot Thunder and Lightfoot? Th- Thun- Thunderbolt called? and Lightfoot. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Um, wow, another one's for him. Oh, Starman, of course, Starman. which you covered.
1: Yeah. I yeah, have then- covered two of the others that there are already about yes
2: oh one of them is fearless
1: yes fearless fantastic film which but he's yeah. so good in
2: i yeah i've talked about that one so good in that oh he really is god yeah and then um oh gosh i'm just thinking through the years of bridges i love bridges he's,
1: um yeah i'm glad that i get to talk about him so many times too oh no i've yeah. talked about three of the other ones okay oh, oh so counting okay. fearless so Okay. There's only uh, one more Bridges left.
2: No, two more because I haven't talked about Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, let me just. I'm sort of like in the file yeah. sort of facts, not file of facts, roller decks of my yeah. brain thinking through the years. But one um, of them is
1: very early
2: for him. Very early? So we're talking 70. Oh, Fat City. He's in Fat, Fat, Fat City. Fat yes. City, right? Yes. Um 73, 74, 74, 74, 74, 74, 74. I'm trying to think of like early. British. The other, the other two are in the eighties. Eighties, okay. Lone nominees in the eighties. They're Jeff both. Bridges. They're both really
1: weird movies. Oh,
2: they're oh, they're weird movies.
1: Weird, like as Oscar nominees. Weird as Oscar. Oh, yeah, it... it'll, it'll, you'll you'll understand <laughs> what I mean by that when you when you get what the movies are.
2: Is one of them in.
1: 1989 no uh Baker boys yeah one of them is this year that we're talking about
2: one of them is in 80 oh jagged edge
1: jagged edge
2: (laughs) how many am i missing you're missing one one in the 80s yes and it's in a late or early uh later it's 86 87 86. 86 Why are you, oh, 86 is quite familiar. It's the other one I as haven't as well.
1: talked about, and I haven't seen this one, but I'm pretty sure he's second
2: build. And the first build got the nomination? Yes. Ooh. And it's
1: it's a it's a nomination that is not ever talked about for this performer.
2: Not ever talked about. Oh, so it's someone who has other nominations. Yes. Oh, this is... Oh, I'm going to kick myself when I get this. Okay, 86. Um, He's not in Mona Lisa Smile. He's not in Color of Money. Am I thinking of the right year, right? And he's yes. on Platoon and he's not in... Uh, 86. Actress. He, who won? Actress? Yeah. Best
1: Actress nominee.
2: Oh, so that's the year that um uh, Marie, um Marlene Matan wins for Children of a Lesser God. Oh, gosh, who else is nominated? Someone who got other of nominations. Give me another clue. Uh,
1: it is someone that has won twice. One, one twice. Both in uh, Best Actress.
0: <gasps>
2: wow. This oh, is, I'm, any- I'm pretty there's sure
1: any- this is this person's, like, last
2: nomination of their career. <gasps> I know who it is. It's Jane Fonda. It's The Morning After. Directed the Morning After. By, um, Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very wow. curious to see how that one goes whenever I uh, watch it.
2: I remember that not being as bad as its IMDb rating suggested, but probably has some really dicey politics that just went over my head yeah. when I watched it, but it's also maybe about like abortion. I, I honestly so I have remember. no idea.
1: I have absolutely no idea.
2: I just know it's a psychological thriller type thing. So yeah. That'll be fun. yeah. Uh, no, I, it probably isn't about... Abortions. I didn't know why I said that. But I, don't know. Um, I feel like it could be, or maybe it's about who knows? I can't remember. Who, I I ah. who, who knows. Dark, dark uh, Dicey Water. Yeah. I'm gonna get out of those yeah. as the well, film probably is in for some yes. other
1: reason. Uh no, there's there's other people that I talk about. Like Alec Baldwin, I think I've talked about like four or five times already. Uh Liam is, Neeson shows up in a
2: bunch oh of yeah, yeah. Is Rob Roy uh it is alone?
1: Yeah, uh, Jessica so, Lang. Yeah, Jessica Lang's uh she'll have five eventually. It's uh the other one. And who knows, maybe she'll get up to six with uh with long Day. T- that would be wild if she ended up with five lone nominations out of seven. Like four out it of six happen. is wild, but five out of seven is I mean it's one wilder to to paraphrase final yeah. tap.
2: Yeah, well that's the thing, like it's it it almost feels like it's getting more. Less common that you have lone nominees only because of the way that Oscars seem to nominate films. Kind of. However, you did last come year, a year there were where four, got
1: three or four, four. Last year there were four. Yeah, and the year before that there was one. So it, it goes. It goes it back and forth. It's it's strange. Totally. They're they're still still on it year by year. Pretty much, except 2013. Before that, you have to go all the way back to 1981. Like. they're consistent yeah it's it's a it's like again part of the reason why the pitch for this is like a thing that i i felt confident enough that like this could sustain an entire series because it happens almost every single year it really is that that much of a consistent statistic uh speaking of consistent statistics with the oscars well we're just going on tangents and just sort of riffing uh uh i i've was mentioning to you before we got on mic that like i've already covered more biopics than i thought i had uh, oh yeah In the lead up to this like i went through the list like i like immediately thinking of like there's been like two or three that i've done and as i was writing there were more and more so it's a uh trombo monster casino richard jewel i'm not there kind of the hurricane joy three faces of eve kind of Uh, pursuit of happiness last king of scotland story of adele h at eternity's gate a beautiful day in the neighborhood before night falls all the money in the world uh charlie wilson's war and the straight story and then now sweet dreams so Mm. a lot of biopics the oscars love them a biopic
2: yeah i suppose a lot of things how what makes something a biopic like you know just about a real
1: i i mean a lot of those aren't really biopics in the traditional sense like monster or not monster, a uh, uh, casino i'm not there like there's some liberties in terms of what you consider a biopic but those are all about real people and scare quotes so yeah they're on this this list of movies i wrote down in my notebook i don't know
2: yeah so there's yeah as we've sort of touched upon patterns, themes, Oscars and biopics, real people. It just seems to, I think that has a concern with the Oscars as well. Ed Harris. Uh, If you have these elements, you will get nominated for an Oscar. These are the sort of things that I think people who I have to justify my love of Oscars to will cynically, you know, roll their eyes and go, well, you know, it's a lot of biopics love, you know. And it's true to an extent, but then there's as many misses, or you said it's more hit than miss. But, but there's also remember- a
1: lot of biopics that miss and that we just misses. don't remember.
2: I mean, something, a film I had not thought about for years that just popped into my head is I Saw the Light, the Hank. Williams. Yeah. But like that is a film that no one remembered, but existed almost solely to get Tom Hiddleston an Oscar, which didn't happen. Yes. And now we live in a world where he's just playing Loki all the time. And that's yeah. what a, he's like doing. If you really dive
1: deep into the specifically failed oscar buzz of music biopics mm. you could have like a whole like this had oscar buzz style podcast just about those like i saw oh, the yeah. light miles ahead get on up i want to dance with somebody uh i've there's more and now i'm blanking. It. but like for sure even just those ones off the top of my head uh whenever this madonna one comes out i feel like that's gonna trend further from oscar than maybe some people would like that seems like a kind of an odd one uh but yeah there's just so many mm. and mm. i'm pretty sure this is the only music biopic that i get to talk about so Unless i you not i'm not well there. no but and, then and uh, united states versus billy holiday which is oh, yeah. less about her musical career anyway like that's almost circumstantial for that movie uh but yeah like you talk about how there's been so many biopics as of late but last year there were only like two uh elvis and blonde but like Oof. blonde oh boy oh
2: boy An- another oh boy. another future biopic have to cover. To about. Yeah. yeah oh I, i'll my. get there eventually far, i don't even far yeah. down the line i don't envy the person that has to talk with you about that film or you for having to talk about yeah. the film again there's so much to unpack and it's it is interesting but yeah, this yeah. is this is more back to lang should we talk about the year of yeah
1: i was dreams? just about to say like we've been going off on this whole tangent for all this time and we still have <laughs> a whole other section to get into is there anything else we we want to say about country which we haven't talked about for like a good 30 minutes? Uh, not country, not country. Not country. It's country about music. country music. Yes, yeah. about sweet I um, I'm surprised that it's taken like an hour 45 for me to make that mistake cuz I've had to recorrect in my head so many. Is there anything else you want to say about Sweet Dreams a movie we haven't talked about for like 30 minutes? Or um
2: I think other than something that I've kind of we've touched on is the director being Carol Rise who has yes. a fascinating filmography like very eclectic he's as mentioned before three actress nominations yeah for frenchly attendance woman no four i don't know like three
1: prior to sweet dreams
2: sorry yes you're correct yeah Yeah, so frenchly attendance woman for meryl um isadora for vanessa redgrave and again vanessa redgrave for morgan a suitable case of treatment yeah Yeah. Um, And he didn't make tons of films, but he made Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, which I think is his best. And a phenomenal film that was like so foundational to the British New Wave, which is a subject near and dear to my heart, which I've written about. um, And talked about on here. Uh, When we did L-Shaped Room. Yeah. 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 Which kind of came at the kind of tail end of the British New Wave. And Morgan is a extension of that. But yeah, he's a, he's a an interesting director who made and his contemporary, Tony Richardson, would direct Blue Sky. So we <laughs> will get onto that later on in the miniseries. We sure will. But um yeah, an interesting director to look at the filmography of for anyone who's interested. And other than that, that is everything I have to say about the film Sweet Dreams.
1: All right. Okay. So let's move on to some Oscar stuff
0: the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role, for her portrayal of a mother superior trying desperately to maintain decorum in a troubled situation, and Bancroft in Agnes of God. <laughs> As Seeley, who survived her childhood and a bad marriage and finally finds freedom and herself, Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple. As the strong-willed, legendary country singer Patsy Cline, Jessica Lange in Sweet Dreams. As an elderly woman determined to get back to her childhood home, Geraldine Page in A Trip to Bountiful*. As a passionate woman who braves a new world to create a new life for herself, Meryl Streep in Out of Africa.
1: So, uh, in the lead up to the Oscars, this movie gets cited exactly one place. Uh, The National Society of Film Critics Jessica Lang is the runner up and best actress to Vanessa Redgrave for a movie called Weatherby. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about it, but sounds like you had a bit of recognition. I
2: mean, yeah, it got a BAFTA nomination maybe for Denim Elliott. Maybe he wins. Probably for Denim Elliott. Just like as we've talked about.
1: Statistically, if you're talking about a BAFTA nominee from the 80s, it's probably Denim
2: Elliott. It's either him or Judy Dench, I think, who gets the yeah. BAFTA nomination for that. It's on my list because I also have a checklist for BAFTA and the Globes. Um, although the Globes are, haven't been a priority for a while now. Yeah. But BAFTA, yeah, Weatherby, I believe, maybe a nomination for Judy Dench.
1: Um
2: or Ian um, Home. Oh, that could be.
1: Yeah, because I think he yeah, that came up at National Society because like he was one of the runners up and supporting actor for that and Brazil and, like, some other movie in this year. Wow, okay, yes, yeah, so He's good. very good in Brazil.
2: I don't remember him in Brazil. He's, like, the...
1: Uh, oh, I'm, what is his role? He's, like, one of the government guys at the end that's, like, trying to get Jonathan Price. He's, like, one of the big bads of that. Okay. Like, the big like a sort of authority figures.
2: Pencil-pushing, sort of, evil bureaucrat
1: yes. kind of... Okay. It's, it's also um, been a while since I've seen Brazil, but I remember him being really really good in
2: that yes but it's interesting that say vanessa redgrave wins a national board of oh was it national National society Society, which is an american-based awards body right Yeah. yeah um considering she's not even a nominee at oscar nor at many of the major precursors including bafta so it maybe shows how um scattered this best actress field was at least in a preliminary stage and really until the Oscars themselves I think there was a lot of up in the air you know that it wasn't one person leading right out in front it was between a few candidates although also to be fair Jessica Lange yeah
1: also to be fair looking at some of these other national society nominees like a lot of these don't go on to Oscar nominations in general. Like uh, John Gielgud wins supporting actor for Plenty and the Shooting Party in Home, like we mentioned. Uh, Anne Wedgworth is third in third place for supporting actress, uh, runner up okay. to Angelica Houston, ends up winning for Pritzi's Honor, and the second place also not Oscar nominated, uh, Mieko Harada in Ron, which is a real wow. cool shout out because she's incredible in that movie. Like she's. She's the, the scheming, like kind of the daughter-in-law. <gasps> oh, the daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law that's like the, oh, the daughter-in-law—that's like the the real yeah. scheming one. I don't yeah, remember he gets the death where yes. the
2: general, like, yes, yes, yes. I don't remember Spoilers. who the counterpart Spoilers.
1: is in Lear. Who, what that character is? No, because uh, not... it would be the son-in-law, right? Because yes, there's no son. in. Yeah, yeah, it's daughters. Partially it? gender swapped because it's still. A, a king, a, a Leia, patriarch, yes. but it's sons. But yeah, I no, think
2: she's she, so good in that. Yeah, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Uh, having done some sort of research into the inside Oscars of it all in 1985, she just oh, ran. Ran was there. Kurosawa's ran, and getting the recognition, I think, against the odds that it deserved. Like, obviously, it only gets the a few two nominations. I think when it comes to the Oscars, costume Is it and that director. Few? It that's, could be. It definitely that, won for costume, didn't it?
1: Yeah, that sounds wild but also I wouldn't be surprised I could be wrong. How many could nominations got, does Ron get? It gets four. Got some, four, okay, okay. That's, okay. Better. that's better. Also but. nominated for cinematography and art direction, yeah. If yeah, I, yeah, so those make
2: sense. Makes sense. Should have got um, every nomination across the board that yes. film is a triumph and pl- anyone please go see it yes um on the biggest screen you can or in the best quality you can because it's so vivid and incredible but um yeah 85 is a weird year that i think in you almost would expect say the the films that have lasted the most from 85 are maybe like back to the future ran and i can't really think of one to rival that but they did Show up at yeah awards thing like so.
1: Brazil gets a screenplay nomination, Brazil. which is so yeah. cool. uh Color Purple, I think, is probably one of the the most remembered of this year. What else would that even be? Let me and know. it's
2: coming back, of course, coming back into relevance yeah. this year with the musical version playing into the Oscar race later this year.
1: Yeah. No, I'm looking now just like with the letterboxed top movies on, of this year it's like Back to the Future, which gets Oscar nominations, and then Breakfast Club, which doesn't. Come and no. see, which doesn't, The Goonies, Ooh. which doesn't, After Hours, which doesn't come out till the next year, like theatrically, and also doesn't. Clue, which doesn't. Brazil gets that nomination, Ron gets a couple. Rocky Four, does that actually that actually might get a does it is uh so you get a song. Yeah, Eye of the Tiger. No, it does what? Eye of the Tiger wasn't nominated. I Totally assumed it was.
2: But Power That's of Love crazy. from Back to the Future yes. is, which I found a fun nomination when looking up this yeah. year.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, a lot of the like most popular and remembered movies from this year are not the ones that are Oscar nominated. It's also like
2: or at least with all the yes. front runners, you know.
1: Yeah, Reanimator and Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Day of the Dead and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, mm-hmm. and even like the more art house. Ones like Vagabond and To Live and Die in L.A. and uh, yeah. uh, Mishima and all that, yeah, no, uh, but uh, they just couldn't couldn't uh, help themselves from falling over themselves to reward uh, out of Africa is what I'm trying to get at there.
2: There we go. Out there of Africa,
1: go. fucking. I was going to watch it for this one and decided <laughs> I have better things to do with my life.
2: Well, it is long, isn't it? It's very yes. long.
1: Yeah. Oh boy, is it! I'll watch it eventually. <laughs> I know, but you, I, I had a busy weekend. <laughs> I didn't. I
2: didn't want to do that, and so I yeah, didn't. No. You were seeing Billy Joel and and think, Stevie Nicks. Yeah, and Stevie Nicks. There's no, like, you know, if someone said to you, "Do you want to watch Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks or Out of Africa, the 1985 Best Picture winner, uh, I, which is about..." Um, i mean it, white the, people in even, africa yeah yeah i mean even from the title it's it's problematic it's very much a gone with the wind for the 80s that did win best picture and best director and all that but yeah. um yeah it's a film that i remember very 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 little of um apart from um handsome robert redford who apparently is playing an english a bald english six foot six man which um yeah, this wasn't the, oh, the era for casting appropriately. And so actually yeah. in comparison, Jessica Lang looks pretty damn accurate as uh, <laughs> Patsy Klein. But yeah, so she was obviously, this is where the Meryl of it all comes in. Yes. Again. Yeah, they're, they're second
1: time up against each other, but neither of them end up winning. Neither of them really have a shot. Like, it almost feels like the, the part of me... The same part of me that is like Bohemian Rhapsody was pro- was maybe runner up to best picture in 2018 is the same part of me that's like maybe Meryl was runner up to best actress here and not Whoopi. Just because there's like cynically, you almost want to be like, well, there's st- the Oscars are stupid and wrong. And so, of course, they're going to go for the stupid and wrong one over the good one. But
2: although from the precursors, Whoopi won the Globe for drama? Yeah, she did. She beat uh Geraldine Page there. She beat, winner, eventual Oscar winner, Geraldine Page. Therefore, one would, you
0: know, hopefully, I deduce. mean, it
1: probably was whoopy. Like, and also because Meryl had just won her second, like three years earlier. I'm probably just being too, cynical in that but you never know the it's a it's a yeah.
2: blind ballot so you could absolutely be right and yeah. the the fact that meryl's nominated what at least another three times within the next five years of this if you're counting 1990 yeah that, you know she she was very popular however interesting reading into it you know meryl's 21 nominations look very nice on paper but if you look at her reviews and how people discuss the performance for out of africa people were quite divided on it and saying we're sick of what she doesn't we don't even know how she sounds we don't know what her real accent is this is becoming a gimmick also we've asked a lot of danish people does she sound danish and they're all saying absolutely not so there was this backlash of like it's a nice gimmick but it's not even feeling very authentic and you've got um jessica lang playing a a well-known icon on the other hand and not getting the same accusations so
0: yeah you know and
2: literally using the exact voice of Patsy klein for the songs and I think yeah. you know meryl was probably I I would say third, but she could have been second yeah with Geraldine Page obviously winning um Whoopi Goldberg for the color purple in second and potentially Merrill for um out of African third place.
1: I would say Meryl is no lower than third because Oh no. do you think they're going to give it to Jessica Lange for this or Anne Bancroft? For- well,
2: the funny thing about this year though is have you seen Agnes I have not seen Something Agnes of God. God Agnes of God I think that's actually a really good film it's one of the few films that when you go back and watch every Oscar nominated performance, I think it's a film that is underrated I think that's an incredibly good film drama co-starring Jane Fonda who's nominated the year afterwards, right. aforementioned mentioned. Um opposite Anne Bancroft, who I think has one of the low-key strongest nomination streaks. I think she could maybe win in every year she's nominated, apart from the her latter two, but yeah. she's really good as um I think as a nun in that sounds uh, right this film. And Meg Tilly is pretty phenomenal and given a lot to do and is nominated and supporting wins the globe so probably came second to angelica houston in supporting um so yeah i'd say lang is actually comfortably fifth in quite a competitive year like performances no one's sticking up for nowadays but back then i feel like they all had merit in their own ways yeah that's fair uh yeah again I, i said
1: all that having not actually seen it so i don't know um I did watch Trip to Bountiful this morning.
2: Yes. Uh, Well, what did you feel about Trip to Bountiful? Geraldine Page, historic, you know, win.
1: Her her first win on her eighth nomination, Mm. the the Pacino special, Mm -hmm. uh, potentially to be broken by Glenn Close, or one way or another, Glenn Close is breaking a record. Uh, Yeah. uh, Whether it be that she win on her ninth or that she ties peter o'toole and never Mm -hmm. gets another nomination or who knows uh but she was fine it's a it's an okay performance it's not a very interesting movie it's not a very interesting performance i'll be honest i think like she's good at what she has to do which is play a kind of annoying old woman that i don't know she just like the mannerisms of that performance i sympathize with her because of her situation and because her daughter-in-law is so cartoonishly evil that like almost by default you have to sympathize with her just because like she has to put up with that like just like absolute caricature of a woman Mm -hmm. but i like when, when it was just her talking with these other people there was a part of me that was like i would also kind of be annoyed with this woman if I was interacting with her in real life. Just like I I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but I I it's a it's uh I can admire her performance on an acting level. I think it's a good performance. I can understand why she had won regardless of the the narrative. Like it is the type of acting that the Academy likes, especially from older performers. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't really click with it. I hmm. may, I maybe also wasn't paying all that much attention to be fair I didn't give it the full attention it deserved just because
2: that'll happen sometimes when I'm it's, cramming these movies but Yeah it's a dull yeah. film though it doesn't grab you and it's a film that exists first and foremost as an oscar winner it's yeah. very much a crazy heart of its time but i even like like crazy heart like i think crazy heart's fine yeah it's got more juice i mean crazy heart has more juice to it but trip to bountiful is the like career oscar film like and it comes the year before color of money and newman Newman had more and arguably better performances you you know like uh, often people say they should have waited for nobody's fool but you know Colour of Money, fine, you know, it's like... It's the Pacino, you know, win, as you said. But Jolene Page dies, like, two years... Within two years of winning her Oscar, maybe even a year. She wasn't very well, and she continued on stage where she was very much seen as this titan of um, Broadway. And, yeah, retires after a... um, Or retires home after a performance of Blythe Spirit, I think, and collapses and has a heart attack and dies. Like, she died within a very short span of of her Oscar. So this was the time to get, she did not have many or any more film performances to give after this. So it does feel like a sort of lifetime of effort. And she, I think she had a relationship with Oscar where she said, oh, it's fine. I'd rather almost not win after eight because you don't have to get up and make a fool of yourself. People who win Oscars are so tacky, she said, which I love because it's quite a tacky film to win an Oscar, but- she's a winner and it feels right that we don't have to say Geraldine Page was one of those people who was snubbed and never got her due because she did. And, and, you know, if you watch that clip back, F. Murray Abraham, you know, best actor winner of the year before, has the very sort of cavalier, like he opens the envelope and says, ah, yes, the best actress in the English language, Geraldine Page, you know, it's like the, uh, you know, he gives it his own little flourish, which is very F. Murray Abraham of him. And, Yeah, it's one for the year. It's one. And obviously, Whippy Goldberg would go on to win her Oscar. Lang would go on to win another Oscar. Streep would go on to win another Oscar. And um, Bancroft had won her Oscar. So, yes, it's a a field of eventual or already winners, which there aren't that many of. Uh... No, I guess, although I feel like we have touched. Oh, 84 is one, apart from Judy Davis, where they all have. Yeah. So, yeah. 90. No, probably not 94, because when I no rider. We'll get yeah, on to that. Or anyway. Miranda Richardson. Or uh, yes. Yeah. Or someone else. The other three. Yeah. But yeah, so, but of course, on the periphery of Best Actress, there yes. was there was the famous snub of um Cher not being nominated in lead actress in 1985, despite winning the Can, the coveted and very much prestigious Can award for Best Actress, yeah. which she shared with Norma. Alejandro. Is yes how... yeah yeah for, uh, for the which... official story yes
1: and they both like go on to other oscar after the fact she share wins aleandro gets another nomination which i'll talk about and i'm sure we'll be talking a lot about the official story on that episode because like that that gabby nomination from what i've read seems to be very much like a makeup nomination for not giving Ooh. out of the nomination for yeah uh, it's a film this. that's
2: baffling you're like i don't understand how this is even enough of a film to warrant me yeah. watching it and then yes it very much feels like an afterglow nomination yeah but also that same year 1987 so there's almost like a bit of a two year yeah cycle there but um yes and there were a few other people on the cusp potentially of oscar nominations yet yeah. In the end, Lang gets that reliable. We like you. Let's reward you again. Yeah. Even though we know you're not gonna win.
1: Yeah, it's interesting looking at some of these others. Like Cher, who was a previous Oscar nominee, but, but so still good. wasn't quite taken seriously as a leading actress, and Mask was kind of a disappointment, I think. I don't mm. really know, but uh it still gets a nomination for makeup. Yes. But uh Misses out on that nomination for her and for Eric Stoltz, who was like in the running and supporting actor. Mia Ooh, of Farrow. That... Oh. Eric
2: Stoltz that year had been in Back to the Future famously had... recast. Yes. Uh... After a few weeks. Sorry, you were saying the other oh, no, best, just, yeah. best actress contenders.
1: Mia, Mia Farrow in Purple Rose of Cairo, which this is, I mean, I was going to say this is at the point where Mia Farrow still doesn't have an Oscar nomination, but we're still there now. <laughs> so she's just yeah. like never you know for whatever reason never considered uh seriously enough to get there normal Alejandro, as we mentioned who has the hurdle of being in a a film not in the english language mm-hmm. kathleen turner who wins the globe for pritzy's honor a movie that they loved mm. a movie that gets a uh, uh, picture director actor supporting actor uh supporting actress yeah supporting actress win uh adapted screenplay Greenplay. nomination uh eight nominations total it's a uh, editing nomination costume design nomination uh is that maybe it? I don't know, but
2: yeah I mean yeah. But a, a lot of above the line obviously with yes. director picture and three of the acting categories and the um, one it
1: misses is Kathleen Turner who like at this point is this her first or second in a row of winning the globe and not getting the Oscar nomination two, I guess so because she has previous year would have been romancing the stone Mm -hmm. and this year is she could have even won the year
2: after for um peggy sue got married which she she gets
1: the oscar nomination for but doesn't win the The globe Globe
2: because someone who would that have been oh that's in
1: 1986
2: i couldn't tell you comedy musical someone like bet davis oh not bet davis bet Midler. Ah, uh, let me look at that for up. like ruthless people. No, no, it won't be. It'll be someone who got an Oscar nomination in '86. Probably it was. Oh, Crimes of the Heart was considered a comedy. Sissy's basic. basic one, apparently. It's got some whimsy to it, which is, of course, a, huh. lang, a Lang film.
1: I forgot they nominated uh Melanie Griffith and Jeff Daniels for Something Wild.
2: That's cool. So- oh, and Ray Liotta and Ray Liotta, yeah. And they're coveted, you know, like, supporting the only... That doesn't do 10 for 10, it goes 5 yeah. for 5. So yeah, it didn't
1: fun. get a comedy or musical nomination, even in a year where they had six of those. Oh. Hannah and Her Sisters winning, and then Crimes of the Heart, Crocodile Dundee, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Little Shop of Horrors, which is cool. Oh, that's and good. Peggy Sue got married. It's... Mm. It's really fun to look back at the 80s Golden Globes specifically in their comedy and musical categories yeah. because there's some that feel like if this same movie was released now, they would never go for it because they only consider like comedies and musicals that are like, quote unquote, serious that like they can take seriously. Like it's it's as the Globes, I mean, always weird in what they consider and what they don't. But uh, so much cooler in the 80s
2: yeah yeah and more the eighties was a time a golden Globes era you know it was yes they their their tastes match up um but yeah Other, I mean of course it was never gonna happen probably at Oscar, but um uh Sandrine Bonnier,
1: yes, I believe
2: it's the actress's name for Vagabond she's um, so good
1: she's phenomenal,
2: probably the most memorable leading actress performance I've seen of a film released in nineteen eighty five yeah she's phenomenal she's she's maybe about 20 20 years old if that yeah she makes no she is she was 18 when the film released so staggering staggering um you mentioned mia farrow of course there's also kelly mcgillis in witness yeah we have got some notices from bafta and the globes in drama i believe um he's very good there's Um, a Sally Field in Murphy's Romance, which Garner f- gets a nomination for. Yeah, and I think there was an interesting quote I saw that said, "If the Oscars are always a popularity contest, Garner will win, and he wins the Globe or gets nominated." Just I, nominated. Let me pull that back up. I think I... he wins. I think or it's Nicholson. Nicholson wins because it's yeah. technically a comedy.
1: Yeah, uh, but um, although that's that... also a cool category because it's a uh, nicholson and garner michael j fox for back to the future mm-hmm. which is rad griffin dunn for after hours which is psycho, cool. and uh jeff daniels and purple rose of
2: cairo and it, it, yeah it's wild that the two leads of purple rose of cairo are like two of the great should have got an oscar nomination but never have yeah and with mia Farrow, it feels like there's no potential for that to happen now because she's pretty much retired and Jeff Daniels could happen, but he gave so many great performances that didn't get nominated that you just wish you could go back and you yeah. give them both a nomination for that really great film. Yeah. Um also just looking at director. these golden
1: globes, uh just looking at these golden globes. This is the year where Joel Gray gets a supporting actor nomination for Remo Williams Reno. the Adventure Begins, where he is in Yellowface. Oh like really yeah. bad. Like 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 really bad oh no it's... and there's like
2: someone gets a supporting actress nomination that maxi someone for max glenn close for maxime is that
1: yeah glenn close and maxi in uh, best actress comedy or musical
2: yeah like a film i've never heard of like yeah. you can look this up and there's obviously the iconic michael j fox gang it's one of its only recognitions in acting and then you know, right alongside some terrible films that have aged really poorly and no one talks about. Yeah, potentially, and then you have films like After Hours, which is really underrated, an incredible Scorsese film. And Such a cool nomination. Griffin Dunn and Rosanna Arquette getting a nomination. Oh wait, did she? I I skipped over. She that. might not have, but she she won the BAFTA for it. So uh, she she nomin- oh for, for Desperately for Seeking Susan. She won for Desperately Seeking Susan at the BAFTAs and then gets nominated at the BAFTAs the year after. They loved her. Yeah. And Desperately Seeking Susan also gets a nomination at the Globes for 85. Yes. Which I just think of that and After Hours in the same kind of bracket because they both have her in and some awards nominations outside of the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, so a year where Best Actress could have gone to many more esoteric and interesting Best actress nominees, and yet
1: they fall back on
2: Jessica Lange because they love her. In this Lange, area. Streep, Bancroft, Bancroft, of course. Yeah, Bancroft is. I defend that film. For any, I recommend it to you, Gordon. I recommend yeah. it to anyone listening. Fun, but even still, that's film.
1: the Academy falling back on an old favorite.
2: Absolutely, and and share obviously it builds her momentum when she presents Best Supporting Actor in her incredible headdress and yes outfit. And yeah, really lays the groundwork for her being a force to be reckoned with. Um, who really wants to win? Yeah, yeah, win, and she does. And it compels her; it propels her rather towards a win in two years' time, which is yeah. a great win as well. A, gr- a really fun, yeah, yeah, Ta- yeah. The Oscars getting off their high horse and recognizing something that's fun and popular and skilled. Definitely. Uh, one other that I just want to
1: mention from this year as a leading actress performance that like was never in a million years going to be Oscar nominated, but I just love it as a performance is uh, uh Nobuko Miyamoto in Tampopo, which is oh, okay. Uh, a really just like fun good movie, and she's very good in it. Uh, just looking at my other favorites from this year, that was one that stood out as having a. A really strong performance that I could have, but was ultimately never going to be nominated. Uh
2: yeah, no,
1: good, good, interesting, weird year.
2: Yeah. And one where the best picture winner betrays how interesting the year was because yes. it's out of Africa winning best picture, best director, and a few below the lines, I'm guessing. So yeah, yeah. although it doesn't feel like there is a best picture, an obvious like this film was robbed of Best Picture. I think... Uh, color Purple. You know, oh God, I find... I don't think the Color Purple's like the most... The most... You know, it's, yeah, it's very good. Out of but the, it and probably... Yeah. yeah, it's more deserving than Out of yeah. Africa. But Back to the Future is the obvious one, but obviously that's yeah. never going to win. Although it does Ron. get a nomination. Ran, yeah. yeah, Ron yeah. Back to
1: the Future gets like four nominations or something. It right? does
2: indeed, yes. But it also... To defend my homegrown BAFTAs, BAFTA did nominate it for Best Picture, which I think is kind of cool. Um, And they were right. And it should have got a nomination for Best Picture at the Oscars, but it did not because it was Prissy's Honor, which is a film that does nothing for me. Out of Africa does nothing for me. Color Purple, fine. And then two other Best Picture.
1: Witness and...
2: Witness is fine. Kiss of the Spider Woman is the other one. Kiss of the Spider Woman, pretty good yeah, so I'd probably give it to kiss at the Spider Woman. I haven't seen it. It's good. It's queer. It's yeah. kind of edgy for eighty five. I do like Raul Julia. yeah. Uh, he should have got an Oscar nomination for it.
1: I have He's heard. terrific. yeah yeah I, I don't doubt that.
2: Yeah. should we pl- um well, should we play the game? What else might you have nominated this for?
1: Yeah, I, I can't imagine what we're gonna say, but uh yeah, in your fantasy world, where you get to pick all of the nominations what nominations would you have given to i almost said country again oh my god uh to
2: sweet dreams um gosh i'm really going to have to dig below because i don't think i'd give um lang the nomination um n- none of the actors i think stand out n- not the picture the direction the writing the production design the costumes are fine but i ha- i mean obviously it's this is a year of like say, even Back to the Future has its iconic the eighties and the fifties very genuinely
1: iconic, iconic costume and design in that movie.
2: Maybe the most iconic costume design ever. Big Ran that wins deserves that nomination. Um, so I don't even think I give it one. There production sat maybe no no zero. Sorry sorry. Sweet dreams.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, Lang is good like i said i really like this performance yeah. but like it's not there, there's not a passion behind like i i don't feel any sort of real need to nominate her i guess like we <laughs> ran down a bunch of the other nominees here there there's plenty other des, more deserving nominees for yeah. best actress that i would give before i would give lang this one especially if i'm giving it to her elsewhere because i like I, I don't want to go, I think we may end up, I, I haven't seen the other two. I haven't seen Music Box or Blue Sky. And even if we go through this whole miniseries, taking away all four of these nominations, I don't know where I'm going to fall on those other two. But if hypothetically we get to the end of this and we've taken away all four of these nominations, I don't want it to sound like we don't like Jessica Lang, Because I do really like Jessica Lang as a performer. Yeah. And I like other performances outside of the ones we've covered so far. And uh and I don't like this one too. I think it's a good performance, just not necessarily among the best of the year.
2: It's fine and it's tough. Whenever you have to pick a five, there's always gonna be casualties. But it it's not that she does she isn't a fantastic actress who has given fantastic performances, especially like for films that we will touch upon later. Um, that did not get any Oscar nominations or were not eligible, or they were on television. You know, she is an actress that I think we both have a lot of affection for. However, Sweet Dreams is sits very much in the middle of her um nominated performances, I think, as a very good performance that um, you know, we don't begrudge the nomination, but it's it's certainly not her best. And it's certainly not her most puzzling. Yeah, nominations because we will potentially address those oh boy oh boy we're not even there yet okay cool yeah uh teeing up what's to come you know
1: hell yeah okay in that case i think that'll do it for this episode we went way longer than i realized looking at the clock here uh but yeah thank you again so much for joining me on this Langest because it's jessica lang and it's august jess august lang jess august lang is the i think the one that i landed on I like as, that it's bad like it's, that. it's it's nothing but it's better it, than langust yeah. jess, jess langust jess, jess august yeah jess august lang there we go it's jess august lang here at this podcast and uh thank you so much for joining me here uh with this episode once again plug away whatever you got
2: I oh, would follow me on Letterbox W J Steel or Steel ninety Steel ninety eight. I need to remember that Steel ninety eight. Um, uh, Instagram underscore almost famous, oh, not almost famous. Almost original. That's the one. Um, other than that, yeah, just yeah. Tune in. Tune into the next part and continue our journey right on yeah you can
1: find this show on twitter maybe uh and letterboxed at lone acting noms and on instagram at the lone acting nominees that'll be it for this episode thank you for listening